Ladies and gentlemen, another show of the Sports Loudmouths. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week. They are live. You can call the shows. You can interact with all the talent. You can reach out to them on social media if you disagree with anything they speak about on their shows. You can check out the Sports Loudmouths, which airs every Single Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Next Monday will be our show because next week, Tuesdays, Tuesday through Saturday, I will be in Toronto. Yes, Toronto, Canada, hanging out, taking care of some stuff, uh, doing an event out there as well. So very excited to fly out to Toronto. I haven't been out there for at least a year. Um, interested uh, to see, uh, you know, the city. After being away from it for over a year. So excited, Speedy. How are you? I'm doing all right. I just want to give a uh, on-air shout-out to uh, J- your friend Joey and his family mm-hmm. as well. Uh, sending condolences. I know his uh, his father passed away. And yes. You were, um, and you were there. I also want to give a shout-out as well to the uh, to the Michigan State, uh, everything that happened over there, the, uh, the five victims in the hospital right now, wishing them all the best, and the and condolences to the families of the three that passed away in that very uh, tragic shooting over there as well. Also, uh, an icon in baseball passed away today. Yes. Tim McCarver, 81 years old, uh, Long-time MLB catcher, long-time announcer, uh, 81 years old, passed away of a uh, heart attack. Heart failure. So uh, my, condolences go, my condolences go out to the McCarver family as well. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and shout-out to uh, Mr. Lee, uh, a, a guy that I have my utmost respect for. Joey Lee has been – Joey has been my friend for over 15 years now. We've been a very close friends and um, – I got a phone call on Friday of last week that his father passed away from prostate cancer, and uh, I want to give a shout-out to him and his family. I was at the wake today. I will be going to the funeral tomorrow. Uh, it's definitely – it's hurt. It, it's definitely – it definitely hurts you when you're around that situation. I don't like to go to funerals. I don't go, like to go to wakes. And, and to see you know, so many people show up for a really good man. He was a really, really good man. So – uh, again, my heart goes out to the family. My heart goes out to one of my good friends and Joey uh, and the Lee family. So uh, Richard Lee, very, very nice guy, uh, always respected me for the years that I've known him and uh, showed me uh, a little bit of understanding what it was like to have a father after losing my father six years ago. So, um, again, shout out to the Lee family. 
Uh, we have a great show lined up for you at 9.30. We'll be talking to Cal sophomore tight end JT Byrne. He'll be joining us. Looking forward to getting him on. We haven't spoken to him uh, to uh, you know, really for a while. Yeah, since so. March of last year is the last time. It's been a while. So uh, having him on for, you know, after a year's worth of football over there in Cal. So see how he's doing, how the team is doing. So excited to have him on. We only have one guest, so a lot of content we are going to give you guys tonight. We had a lot of content yesterday. We're going to have a lot of content tonight. Uh, we will get into the NFL receiving backlash for poor field conditions in Super Bowl 57 from players. Uh, a lot of players, not just one or two players, a lot of players were complaining about the field and how bad the field was during the game and um, the pass rushers. Uh, we heard it from Chris Jones. We've heard it from, obviously, Hassan Reddick was saying stuff about it. So we will get into that. Rich Samini reports that the Jets could cut up to $55 million in payroll. Obviously, Quinn Williams is going to be expecting a big contract if they're going to go after Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr or Ryan Tannehill, which I am not excited about, but uh, he is a name that has been brought up in conversation. I do not believe he's a first or second option. If the Jets miss out on their first two options, they will go to the third, and it might be Ryan Tannehill. Alvin Kamara, indicted on criminal charges of battery dating back to incidents in Vegas in 2022. Uh, if you guys don't know about the incidents, it was with his, his girlfriend. So, very interesting story. We'll get into that. LeBron James and his camp reportedly frustrated with Anthony Davis' lack of, availab of availability. Now, there is a lot of stories coming out from the Laker organization that you know LeBron James is not happy with Anthony Davis. I am not surprised. LeBron was not very happy with Russell Westbrook in the offseason. So, and now Russell Westbrook is no longer a Laker. So I am not surprised that you're hearing Anthony Davis. And what does this mean for Anthony Davis? Well, it could mean that Anthony Davis could be gone at the end of the season now that LeBron James has come out. No, I wouldn't say backlashing uh, or attacking him, but uh, the stories are pretty, you know, pretty honest coming from his camp. And when you hear LeBron James speaking, it seems like the, the league and the L.A. Lakers and everybody involved with his Life and his career are listening. So uh, we will get into that. Kevin Durant says that the, that the Kyrie Irving trade took away the Nets' identity and, and he was upset we couldn't finish. They were never going to finish. They were never going to finish in that clown show. Okay? I, I just – I understand that Kevin Durant – speaks out and wants to make it look like uh, they were going to do something special over there. But the only special thing they've done over there was ruin an organization. Absolutely ruin an organization. Having a GM probably getting fired in the offseason because uh, he decided to trade away all their top young talent and all the draft stock that they lost. I don't want to hear that they got a, a boatload of picks from the Suns. I, I don't know how anybody thinks – he got anything for one of the best players in the league in Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant goes to the Phoenix Suns. They didn't get it. They didn't trade Deontay Ayton. They didn't trade him. They didn't trade, I don't know, Devin Booker or Chris Paul or any of their top talent on that roster. They they did give up Bridges, and he's a he's a good player. He, and, and Johnson never played. Right. 
So they didn't really give up anything for one of the top five players right now in the NBA. And it was a, at one point up for an MVP conversation. So I don't know how anybody believes that the Nets made out on that trade. Rex Ryan emerges as the top candidate for the Broncos defensive coordinator job. I have heard that Rex, or what we call here in New York, sexy Rexy, wanted to come back as a defensive coordinator, maybe a coach in the future. I think he's done enough when it comes to broadcasting and on ESPN. I think he wants to get back on the field and and do what he does best, and that's coaching and running def- defenses uh, throughout the league. And he is a good defensive coordinator. He was a pretty good coach with the New York Jets, getting the Jets to two AFC title games, back-to-back AFC title games. He bombed in Buffalo. Yeah. He Ru- bombed. Ruined that defense. He bombed in Buffalo. And that's why he's been out of football for about five years. I expect Rex Ryan, if he comes back now, it's going on five years if he comes back as a defensive coordinator for the Broncos, he will help that defense. That defense needs a lot of help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they lost Chubb to the Miami Dolphins. That's a significant loss. You add him to a Rex Ryan defense, that's going to give him that blitz packages that he loves to run on the outside and, and maybe on the inside with uh, some of the safety help and, and corners that he likes to rush in. So um, very interesting. Sean Payton is making, you know, he's making a statement right now. They're, so far, it's the offseason, and you, you add Rex Ryan as your defensive coordinator. I mean, that's a he's one of the best defensive minds in NFL history, in my eyes. And you put him on that roster as your defensive coordinator, and you're running the offense. That's a pretty potent uh, offseason as far as I'm concerned for the Broncos. Uh, John Suggs also says on, on the comment section, mm-hmm. I could see AD go home to Chicago and, and a Zach Levine on the way to L.A. because you could tell Levine does not like it there. <laughs> AD is probably not going to Chicago. I don't. And I, I, John Suggs is, he's right. I mean, AD is from Chicago. He's been wanting to go home. I've heard stories that he was interested in going home a couple of years ago when he, was, when he became available before he went to the Lakers and he was interested in the Knicks. And, 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 and Zach Levine wants to go home too. He wants to go to the Lakers. He wants to play in L.A., I don't know if that's going to happen. And and the contracts don't match. So it, it will be very interesting to see what the Lakers do in the offseason. Off season. But I, I agree with you, John. That could be a match if he had another one or two players to go to the Lakers. Uh, he also asked, uh, do you think Jonathan Gannon can turn Kyler Murray around? Is there a more deeper problem on that Cardinals team, say maybe Vance Joseph? Yeah, it depends on who he hires as the offensive coordinator. If it's somebody from that Eagles staff, it's definitely a possibility because Jalen Hurts, Kyler, Ver- Kyler Murray, kind of similar skill set-wise. So maybe if he takes somebody, a quarterback coach or something like that from the Eagles staff, it's possible. I don't know what John Gannon can do, okay? We saw what he did in the Super Bowl. One of the top seven defenses in the league, top six. Throughout the playoffs, they were one of the best defenses in the playoffs. They they shut down the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, Brock Purdy didn't play in the NFC title game, but they shut him down. I don't know what John Gannon's going to do for Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray needs to work in the offseason, put the time in the gym, something that he didn't do last year. Remember, he's coming back from an ACL tear. You're not going to see Kyler Murray until the second half of the season. So you sit here. John Gannon took this job 
maybe for the year after. Right. But for this coming year, they're going to have to bring in a veteran quarterback that can run this offense. So Ryan Tannehill, somebody. They have to bring somebody in and that is willing to only play one year as the starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals because more than likely, Kyler Murray will be back sometime in the second half and he will lose his job. So that's something that John Gannon has to look at. I, I think their defense is really good. I think Arizona's defense going into the offseason, uh, they have some draft stock. Uh, they have some money. Maybe they they bring in a you know a defensive lineman. They need that defense on the edge. Uh, they did not look good on the edges this year. So, uh, but their their linebackers look good. Their safeties look good. Uh, their secondary looked good in certain aspects of the season. But then again, in the second half, they kind of fell apart. They need so. more corner depth, pretty. Bad, yeah. Right? So, and this is a good corner draft. Yeah. So, I expect Arizona uh, with a um, a defensive coordinator now as their head coach to start building on that defense. But uh, Zavin Collins did have a decent season, not a great season. But a decent season. Yeah, like you were saying, the, 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 their defense did well with their linebackers and their safeties, but the rest of it needs some work. I like Byron Murphy as a young corner, but that's really all they have. Mm-hmm. So why don't we get into it and this whole Super Bowl slippery field that everybody's complaining about. Both the Chiefs and the Eagles criticized the field with one player even going as far as this is the worst field he's ever played on in his career. Hassan Reddick said, I'm not going to lie. It was the worst field that I've ever played on, Reddick said after the game. It was very disappointing. It's the NFL. You would think it would be better so we could get some better play, but it wasn't. I don't know. Maybe the league will look at and tell the Arizona Cardinals they got to step, you know, step their game up. I don't know. It's not my decision to make. It's not my call to make. Whatever it is, it is. So Hassan Reddick didn't like the field, and that's not an excuse. Hassan Reddick did not play a good game. I don't think it had anything to do with the field. I had, I think it was the scheme, the way Andy Reid ran his scheme, and they made sure that Hassan Reddick couldn't ruin the game. The edges were not going to ruin the game. Even the inside game didn't really dominate the game. The NFL has... Been using the same groundskeeper since the first Super Bowl, uh, George Toma, who now is going to retire after this year. I think he's like in his 90s yeah, or something. <laughs> in the first 27 Super Bowls, we didn't spend 1000 on the field for a game, Toma told NPR in Kansas City. This one here was $750,000. The turf used during the Super Bowl is called Tahoma 31 and a hybrid turf developed by Oklahoma State University scientists who have developed many different types of turf from the Super Bowl since 1986. Oklahoma State said, while OSU scientists developed patented Tahoma's 31, they had no role in creating or preparing the field for the Super Bowl. Tahoma 31 was used for the base layer, but the field also was seeded with a top layer of ryegrass, which is a slick leaf surfaced when damp. That and other factors may have contributed to the traction issues during the play. During the game, I'm sorry. 
Oklahoma State scientists, in essence, blame the NFL groundskeeping crews and State Farm Stadium for the issues of the turf. The NFL chose to home a 31 because the league thought uh, it was the best grass available, according to Nick Pappas, the NFL field surface director. We believe that right now, this is one of the strongest varieties of hybrid Bermuda grass you can get, Pappas told ESPN. The Eagles also used Tahoma 31 turf uh, for their home grass at Lincoln Financial Field. So why are they complaining when they have the same grass? The Cardinals have had 16 players miss at least six games on injury reserve this season, and quarterback Kyler Murray tore his ACL in State Farm Stadium field for a non-contact injury. Many players, including Odell Beckham Jr. and Cooper Cup, had advocated for the NFL to go back to natural grass fields over turf fields throughout this season. So this story is so very interesting, and I understand a lot of the players are stepping in. It wasn't just Hassan Reddick. There was a bunch of defensive players. Uh, Dominican Sue said something about the grass after the game. Uh, obviously, Darius Slay said something that his cleats, uh, he couldn't drive his cleats in the gra- in the turf. So a lot of the good, top, talented defensive players complained. Even some of the offensive linemen said something about uh, their cleats really uh, getting the friction in the turf. Now, I don't think that's the reason why the Eagles didn't win this game. I, I also don't believe that's why the Eagles didn't play good defense in the second half. What I do know is that the NFL, as much as everybody's complaining about the the grass, the turf, or whatever they're saying, the field, I think the NFL need to worry about the referees. Need to worry about the plays and the, the, the penalties that were called in the game that cost... Maybe certain teams throughout the playoffs a chance to win. Now, maybe they're penalties, and and maybe in the regular season you call it as a penalty, but in the playoffs, you need to be consistent. And this year, and over the last couple of years, the referees have not been consistent. The Saints getting knocked out by the L.A. Rams Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago Cost the Ram, uh, I mean, cost the Saints a chance to win another Super Bowl, and maybe would have kept Sean Payton over there in New Orleans. Maybe we could have kept Drew Brees in the league a little longer too. Absolutely. If you look at some games, that and I, that's just one of them, and and even the Bengals game this year at the AFC title game. Yes, most of those calls in the fourth quarter would have been called in the regular season. But in the playoffs, I understand you need to, you know, swallow that whistle. Let the game go. Let the players decide who's going to win the game. Let the talent decide who is going to win the game. I understand Patrick Mahomes is the superstar. I understand he's the face of the NFL now. I understand that everybody thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. You can't sit here today and tell me, hey, you know what? It's Patrick Mahomes. You put your pinky on him. This has been going on with Tom Brady for years. How many times have we seen Tom Brady complain to the referee, and then all of a sudden, after the play was dead, he they throw the they throw the the, the yellow flag? How many times have we seen that? 
Now, I'm not taking away how great Tom Brady is, okay, and making excuses. I know everybody's going to say, oh, there you go, attacking Tom Brady. I am not attacking Tom Brady. I am attacking the referees, the officials. The NFL pays a lot of money to these officials every single year. An average official in the NFL makes almost $250,000 a year. These guys are making a lot of money. A lot. And they're officiating and their calls in big, important games has cost friendly certain teams. And I say friendly because I'm trying to be nice. Everybody wants to talk about the field. Fine, the field sucked. It was horrible. I didn't. I wasn't on the field, so I don't know how bad it was. I and even if I was on the field, I'm not wearing cleats and I'm not playing in a full three-hour football game. But what I could call or could see in the game was the terrible officiating. It was terrible in the second half. It was horrible. And even though, and everybody keeps talking about this Bradbury call, all right? And and Bradbury even said that it was a penalty. He did. He said it was a penalty. But he thinks it shouldn't have been called in the Super Bowl. In an important game where a team has a chance to have at least a minute 30 or minute 40 seconds to come back in the game. And and by the way, Kansas City could have McKinnon could have ran it in. He didn't. Mm-hmm. But that was after the penalty. Right. If the penalty actually was waived and it never happened, he would have ran it in. They would have kicked the field goal. And it would have gave the Philadelphia Eagles at least a minute and 35 seconds to take the ball down the field. But because of the penalty, and because the Eagles used a lot of timeouts early in the second half, I think they only had one left. They had one left, and that was because Dick Sirianni, I think, took one midway through the third quarter. Because of that, that gave... Kansas City, four downs. There was no way they were going to be able to get the ball back because Kansas City was going to obviously run the clock out and kick the field goal and win the game. That was very, very costly for a Super Bowl game, which could have been epic. This could have been a great, epic football game. A minute and 35 seconds. Jalen Hurts, when everybody was taking shots all season long, he's not good enough. He's not an elite quarterback. The Eagles aren't going to re-sign him. The Eagles are going to draft a top-end young quarterback in this coming draft. Maybe a a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud or whoever. Two years ago, the Eagles were thinking of trading for Deshaun Watson. (laughs) Jalen Hurts had a great season. He was 16-1 before They played the Super Bowl game. The Eagles probably lose one game all season if Jalen Hurts plays in every single one of these games. And in the Super Bowl, when you're the better team, flat out better in every kind of way. And in this game, for some reason, the Eagles defense didn't show up in the second half. They didn't even show up in the second quarter in the last three minutes of the quarter. They gave... 
Patrick Mahomes a chance to bring the ball down the field. By the way, Patrick Mahomes touched the ball for only 2 minutes and 30 seconds in the second quarter. You did everything right in the first half as an offense and even as a defense. And then you go into the third and fourth quarter, and yes, I blame, maybe if you want to blame the, the, the field, fine. That's a partial blame. I will say the officiating definitely affected the end outcome of the game. Absolutely. But the defensive play calling was horrible. It was horrible. And for anybody to think that Gannon is going to change Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray needs to change himself before any coach can, co- can coach him and change him. Uh, John also says, heck with it, play with on the baseball field. I mean, the old Raiders stadium, so no one can play about slippery turf. Well, yeah, there's a lot of people that have complained about that, though, too, John. Uh, he also says, okay, but what about the touchdown that got called back where the Eagles player clearly caught it and made forward movement and got hit and lost the ball? Yeah, it was, there was a lot of ones that were controversial like that, too. It's weird. I actually thought they should have kept the Devontae Smith catch that got overturned, but they should have overturned the Dallas Goddard one that got capped, too. So there were a lot of very questionable and, and ones. And Kenny says, yet the Eagles could not beat the guy who has a busted ankle. Did he really have a busted ankle? I mean, I'm sorry. He was limping off the field in the second quarter, and everybody says he got cortisone shots, and he he probably took pills, pain pills, before he went on the field. He did the same thing against the Bengals. The same thing happened against the Bengals. He got the same cortisone shots, which he got pulled out in the second quarter because he couldn't even stand up. He had the same cortisone shots, had the same pain pills, and he couldn't throw on that back leg. And the difference, and the difference was in the third quarter, he still was able to be as aggressive as he could have been. He wasn't limping in the third quarter. He right. wasn't limping in the fourth quarter. He was running down the field. He ran 29 yards in the fourth quarter, probably the biggest play of the game. And you're saying they couldn't beat a guy with a busted ankle? How do you know he had a busted ankle? Yeah, John also says if he had a busted ankle, how did he run for 15 yards in the last three minutes? How do you know he had a busted ankle? He was not hurt. Or the NFL was trying to hide something. I'm not getting into it. I I know everybody keeps telling me that I don't know what I'm talking about. And maybe uh, Arian Foster was just trying to make a publicity argument when it comes to, uh, you know, the game being fake or the game being Scripted. Scripted. Whatever he says. Get the scripts out. This is how this injury will happen in this week and only this week. I don't think all (laughs) the games are scripted. I don't think the NFL season is scripted. I think the NFL knows who's going to make the playoffs. I really do. And I think the NFL is scripted in the Super Bowl. I think... I think they, they don't know what's going to happen in the game. I do believe that they want the game to be close. I think they want the referees to keep it close. And I do know they want somebody in particular to win that game. They don't want the they did not want the Eagles to win that game. They did not want the Eagles to win that game. Patrick Mahomes is the face of the NFL. Tom Brady is gone. Aaron Rodgers will be there for two years. And Aaron Rodgers, nobody likes. Why? Because he has his own personality on and off the field. He likes to hang out in the dark. He likes to smoke whatever he wants to smoke. Ganja, whatever the hell he wants to smoke. He does whatever he wants. And that, you know, and he's not in, he's not going to be in the league anymore. The new and improved quarterback quarterbacks in the league are starting to take over. 
the Josh Allens, the Patrick Mahomes, the Justin Herberts. We, we talk about them all the time. And now Trevor Lawrence. The old quarterbacks, the Drew Breeses, the Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's, they're all gone. They're all gone. And that's why when we look at this Super Bowl, and you could say whatever you want. You don't want to say it's scripted? Fine. It's not scripted. You have your own opinion. I've got my own opinion. Uh, opinion. Speedy's got his own opinion. The Beeves got his own opinion. Who, by the way, was complaining to me and arguing with me all day today, telling me that I'm out of my mind and think that I'm crazy. But I will tell you this. The players complaining about this field is not going to change anything. It's not going to change the the final score of the game. It's not going to change what the NFL is going to continue doing moving forward. The only thing that the NFL really needs to look at when it comes to the Super Bowl is not the field. The officiating is one of them. And the second thing is, and the third thing is when the offseason comes around and everybody wants to bring up you know, certain players that are going to become available or certain, you know, coaches that are going to become available. Make it more of a story. Make it stand out during Super Bowl week instead of the NBA trade deadline. Okay? Because the Super Bowl, to me, with the talent and, and the two teams, the two number one teams and all of the NFL, were not talked about enough in the final week before the Super Bowl. It was all about the NBA. It was all about the Rangers and the NHL trade deadline, which is three weeks, four weeks away. It's not even close. Everybody keeps talking about Patrick Kane. Everybody's talking about LeBron James. It was a story. There was nothing that really stood out Super Bowl week that really sold me about how special this Super Bowl was going to be. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be talking to Cal's sophomore tight end, JT Byrne, here on the Sports Lab Mounts. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mounts. Six three one six seven two thirty one zero eight is the number. You are listening. To the Sports Loudmouths. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co host, Speedy PD. Check out our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all of our shows throughout the week. Our show, The Sports Loudmouths, which airs every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Thursdays at 9 p.m. as you're listening to it live right now as we speak. The great content, all the great guests that we have on the show, and by the way, the craziness of the callers. So check out our network and check out our stories that are posted every single week. And one of our good writers, Kyle Williams, who's based out of Jamaica, writing a lot of the stories that we post up throughout uh, the social media market. So check it out every single day. Some of the best stories that, that you guys, if you, you're a sport fan, you like soccer, baseball, football, hockey, Kyle writes about a lot of different things. I've written a couple of stories that really uh, people have uh, attacked me on. So check out all the different stories that we post up every single week. And now our first and only guest of the night, a guy that we haven't spoken to for a year, but happy to have him on. We are now talking to Cal, sophomore tight end, JT Byrne. JT, what's up, man? Thank you guys so much again for having me on here. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Uh, you look good, man. How are you and uh, your family doing after the two years of craziness of COVID? 
Yeah. You know, I think um, it's obviously a process and a half going through that. And um, I'm just blessed. My family's healthy and safe and we're all good and um, super happy to be a little bit closer to home now and, um, you know, be near them. And I'm from Carmel, California, so it's not too far at all. And, um, but yeah, that, that process is tough. I mean, it was hard on everyone and everything that everyone was doing, but I'm just glad we're on the other side of it and working through it and we're, we're all good now. So I appreciate that. Cal is a great football school, great D1 school. A couple of good quarterbacks have come out of Cal over the years and have been successful in the NFL. One of them is going to be expecting a nice big contract in the offseason by the Lions. Uh, How about your team this year? What was the thing that really stood out to Cal and and Cal football right now in Division I football? Yeah, so um, I was obviously at Oregon State for the last two years, and uh, I can't say enough about their program. They're they're super well coached, really uh, great guys, um, good people. But got to take a chance on yourself. And um, luckily, I was able to find uh, a home that's that's closer to home. And um, I just really love the staff here. And I think they're super invested in the players. We got a lot of new guys coming in, and then a lot of returners who are veterans and understand the system here. And it's really cool to learn from those guys and. The staff is super dialed in. We got a couple new coaches on the offensive side too, which I'm really excited about. And I think, you know, I think it's um it's gonna be really good just getting in spring and figuring figuring things out. And obviously it's not gonna be perfect by any means. And going through fall camp, it won't be perfect either. But um I really like the people on this team. I think there are a lot of really good dudes and a lot of hard workers. And I think that's the formula you need, especially in the Pac twelve. So what were some of the main decisions in your regards in regards to transferring yourself? I know you said you wanted to be closer to home for being one of them. Obviously, Cal, a very big academic school as well, one of the top academic schools on the West Coast. So I mean, what were some of the biggest reasons alongside your the locality of the location for you? Yeah, for sure. I think um, obviously entering the transfer portal and then making your decision on the new school are two separate things because you can't make a decision or even talk to schools before you're in the transfer portal. So it's kind of a risky thing that you're doing. Um, but I, I was able to just kind of trust in the fact that hopefully there would be a school that'd be interested. And, um, I didn't really care if it was at the FBS or FCS level. I just, uh, wanted to find a school that, uh, really took it, took care of the educational part that I'm trying to work on. And, uh, you know, getting a degree from Berkeley is something that I'm really excited about. And, um, that was definitely a factor for sure, along with just being close to home and, Growing up a Bay Area sports fan, I mean, I used to go to the Stanford Cal games every single year growing up, and so that's pretty cool, uh, pretty cool thing, full circle thing for me to have. But also, just yeah, the academics are huge, and uh, the f- academic support here is unbelievable, and that's something that's uh, super cool to see and be a part of now. We are talking to Cal sophomore tight end JT Byrne, a friend of the show, a guy that we've had on a couple of times. We've seen his growth as a high school player, now as a college player, now playing for Cal. I uh, There's a tight end that was in the Super Bowl this year, Travis Kelsey, who's about the same size as you, same weight, um, and and a guy that's really broken tight ends in the NFL to be a significant position. You you look at Gronkowski over the last couple of years before he retired, and even Tony Gonzalez and, and these guys, these athletic you know, tight ends that can run like deers. I mean, they're fast. They can run like a wide receiver, but they're so hard to defend. When you look at the position and, and the size of your your position and what you could do like Travis Kelsey, what makes you stand out from all the rest right now in college football? Yeah, I mean, it's hard 
when you're talking about a guy like Travis Kelsey who is putting up reception numbers close to Jerry Rice in the uh-huh. postseason. And that's just – that's beyond what the tight end has ever seen. And it's honestly – there's a couple guys when you're in college and you're watching film that you don't actually want to watch because the things they do are just so unbelievable. And it's funny, Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys, just with the arm talent he has, he can get away with so much stuff from like a quarterback standpoint. And the same with Kelsey, like he is just a freak of nature. Um, but I think kind of going back to your question, something that I I really take pride in, obviously is I, I think the run game is super important. I think a lot of people forget about that. And the fact that as a tight end, if you, if you can block, then everything else will open up. Because if you're seen as a run threat, then – that's going to open up the pass game for you. So I, I love embracing that. And then for me, it's it's not about beating corners with speed down the field as much as me being a, a big target and I'm going to run efficient, crisp routes. And I just want the quarterback to trust. Like every time that the ball is thrown to JT, he's going to catch the ball. And that's that's something I take a lot of pride in. And uh, just being a reliable target, physical, that's what I think can separate me from a lot of other tight ends. So we think of tight ends a lot of times as a position that ends up falling in the draft. But this year in this this year's NFL draft, we saw a lot of them that had an instant impact when Mark Andrews got hurt for the Ravens, Isaiah Likely. I'm a Giants fan. Daniel Bellinger, before he got hurt, was very good. Uh, a, lot, a couple of them, Greg Dolchich, Jelani Woods. So do you think that kind of thing where tight ends could really fit into this system more? What do you think are the biggest reasons we've seen these transitions that quickly? Yeah, you know, I think – tight end the position itself is a very next man up mentality and that's something i've learned in college as well as you need multiple tight ends that are good tight ends to be a good team and especially at oregon state i, I learned that i mean my my red shirt year we had two guys that were playing just as much who were one's already playing on sundays tegan Catoriano for the texans mm-hmm. and then luke musgraves a first round draft choice this year and so to see those two guys playing together i think that's a big thing and I think that's what makes it an easy transition for tight ends, especially in the NFL, because you're going to need a couple that are good to be on a good team. And I think about the Giants, like Bellinger coming through. And I actually have, I've gotten to talk to him a couple of times throughout the recruiting process when San Diego State was recruiting me. Um, but, you know, he's he was always dialed in. And tight ends have to know a lot of different formations, positions. And I think that can separate them in ways that, okay, they're dialed in on the playbook and you need multiple capable tight ends to be good. So when it's that next man up, they're usually ready to rise to the occasion. The quarterback position over there in Cal, what is it that you see that could really transition your game as a top tight end right now in the nation? We brought a quarterback in from TCU's named Sam Jackson. Mm. And um, dude moves really well, really good guy. We both came in at the same time a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, so it's pretty new for both of us, but uh, it's also nice that we have a new offensive coordinator. Everyone's learning the offense together. Mm. And um, he's a super dynamic athlete in the fact that he will be one heck of a run threat as well. And I think that just makes it one more thing for defenses to worry about. And I think that's something that I'm really excited about as a, as a teammate to just open up the offense in so many ways and um, whatever I can do to make his job and the, and, you know, Jaden Knotts, our running back, whatever I can do to make his job easier, especially in the run game. I think that's something I'm really excited about. As everyone knows, we are talking to Cal sophomore tight end JT Byrne. You know, it's so funny you mentioned the portal, and it's crazy. The, everybody can jump them. It's like a telepathic portal. You could just jump right in it. And I want to go. I want to go to Wisconsin, or I want to go to Ohio, or you know what? I, I want to go to Texas. I want to go to Texas A&M. Maybe Florida. Florida State. I could go anywhere I want. I could play for Florida this uh, my first year, my sophomore year. I can go and play for USC. I mean, 
anything is possible now with the portal and the NIL money that they're getting and some of you players are getting right now, which is well-deserved. What are your thoughts to the portal and the transition of the NCAA and how this portal has affected the uh, college football world? I mean, it's it's crazy. I think there are many different scenarios to the portal. And I think mine is different than a lot of other people's um, where it was fairly quick and it happened to be to school in the same conference, closer to home. Like, I don't know if that's common or not, but I know there's not a lot of PAC 12 movement within the PAC 12. It's usually other conferences, but I think everything in general, I mean, it's hard. I mean, you see coaches, especially in college going from one school to the other, and they're doing that for the betterment of their career, which as a player, I totally understand. And that's our job is to help promote these coaches as well. Um, so I think it's a good opportunity if you're going for the right intentions. And I think there are, you know, different reasons to go. Um, and I mean, there's, there could be coaching changes. There could be, I mean, you're trying to find a place to play more closer to home academics, all that good stuff. And I think the portal really allows that. Uh, but the scary thing is, is the amount of athletes that are getting stuck in the portal mm-hmm. and foregoing a division one scholarship and your academics paid for to sit in the portal. So I think <laughs> the risk, but at the same time, giving like, how do, how do people feel about giving this decision to 19, 20 year olds? It's really tough. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of the new age of the game. So it'll be interesting to see how it keeps playing out. Uh, definitely one concern I do have is for high school recruits. Mm. How is that going to affect high school recruiting? Because, the portal is more college. Like we could play this guy next Saturday if we needed to, because he's got game experience. Uh, whereas in high school, it's more of a developmental process as being a high school recruit. I know that. And you need a little bit of time before you can speed up to the game. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see what this does to high school recruiting. Very interested to see what happens. You know, it's so funny you mentioned the portal, and it, I'm giggling because oh, they get stuck in the portal. It's like they can't get out of the portal. It's it, yeah. that's what that's what they makes entered me laugh. another dimension. <laughs> it's like you're in another sure. dimension. You know, it's like a ant. What, what do they call it? Ant. Um, Ant Man. Uh, they go. They go into different dimensions, and they're stuck in the dimension. They can't find their way out. It's <laughs> not a fun dimension to be in, by the way. No, I'm it's sure it's not. I no, mean, yeah. but I'm happy you found uh, your way out to Cal. So that's that should be exciting, exciting to you and your family. Uh, yeah, we're very excited. Thank you. Yeah, uh, one of our fans has a question. Uh, John Suggs asks, uh, which game uh, of Cal's this year on the upcoming schedule do you have circled? Uh, do you think the home game against Oregon, away game at or, or uh, home game against Auburn, my bad, or the away game against Oregon, or is there something else on the schedule you have circled? I mean, we're all dialed in for North Texas week one, obviously. But um, I think, obviously, when you get a chance to play your former school on your homecoming day, uh, in Berkeley will be fun. And that's, mm. I'm excited for that one for sure. But honestly, getting through spring ball, fall camp, and then North Texas week one, but definitely on the, on the brain. JT, obviously you're a sophomore. You still have two more years of college eligibility and you have a chance to possibly be an NFL draft prospect. What are your thoughts? I mean, you have a lot to prove still. You have a lot of time. We've, we've interviewed a lot of great young tight ends from your class and you were a three-star recruit coming out of high school, and now uh, you're, you're transitioning from Oregon State to now Cal. What is your thoughts moving forward from now from college football to the NFL? 
Yeah, obviously, um, it's a little ways away. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you're when you're doing this, it's a, that's the path that you're going to want to take, especially mm-hmm. if you're passionate about football, which I am. And um, it's it's definitely uh, if it ends up if the stars align in that way, I'm definitely very excited to invest my time and opportunity into that. And I also understand that it's very hard to make the NFL. But with that being said, uh, I'm going to do everything I can. That's a controllable. And that's kind of the way I've lived my whole life. Just work ethic, effort, attitude, energy. And we have a great set of coaching uh, coaches here who can help build that skill set. And I've, I'm very grateful for the skill set that I've built already from Oregon state. And those, I mean, there's been a couple NFL tight ends in the last couple of years from there as well. And so it's cool to have those perspectives and understand that, you know, uh, I can give this a shot, especially um, graduating from Berkeley too. That's something I'm really excited about is that free feeling of like, okay, I can give the NFL a shot with the risk being limited if I can finish my education here as well. And that's a big goal of mine. You speaking of coaches, Justin Wilcox, uh, pretty known coach right now in the in the in the Pac-12. What are your thoughts of him? Obviously, being coached your first year over there at Cal. Yeah, I mean, in the first couple of weeks that I've gotten to know him, he's he's an excellent guy. And I think that's a big thing, you know, and uh, it's it's the personable being personable with your players is huge. And that's something that I really like, especially from a head coach, because you're not obviously interacting with the head coach as much. You are your position coaches and for him to be very involved and care about not only you as a football player, but you as a person, you academically, socially. Um, I'm already picking up on that. And that's huge. And he's competitive too, which I love. He truly believes that we can win a lot of games here. And I truly believe that as well. And um, it's, it's encouraging when you're, when your head coach feels that way and he feels strongly that way. And I think that's something that the whole team can get behind. So I want to go back to last season, a big season for Oregon state. They were 10 and three last year. They made the, they made the bowl game, the Las Vegas bowl. You guys blew out Florida 30 to three and uh, beat Oregon in the, uh, what they used to call the civil war. They don't call that anymore, but they're in state rivalry. And essentially you guys knocked them out of the college football playoff because they were in the running for it for a while. So uh, what were some of your favorite moments from last season? What was a memorable season for that program? Yeah, you know, it was it was a really fun ride, and there was just a really good group of people, whether that be coaches or teammates, everything, and training staff, uh, everyone just came together so well, and I think that was really cool. Obviously, beating Oregon uh, down 21 in the third, that's a pretty cool oh, wow. feeling, especially in Corvallis. Uh, that small town exploded. That was really cool. Um, going to Vegas was a really cool experience. Uh, playing playing SEC school in Florida was a really cool opportunity. Um, but I think just uh, – everyone got along so well and everyone was so bought in and I really enjoyed that and just showing up every day and grinding and everyone understood that you have a chip on your shoulder and we have something to prove. We're not favored to do anything. We're not favored to win these games, but we're going to go win them. And that belief that you're going to go win them. And I, I really feel like that translates to Cal a lot. So that's what I'm really excited about. We are talking to Cal sophomore tight end JT Byrne. JT, what is something that you're looking forward to this season with Cal more than any other season that you were worth uh, when you were at Oregon State? Yeah, I just think um, I think just the opportunity to really showcase what this team can do. And I think uh, there's a lot of people that believe that we may not be at the top of the Pac-12 or may not compete for a Pac-12 championship. And that's exactly what we want. And that's exactly how we want to 
behave in our everyday process. And um, I think if you go in with that mentality, that's something I'm really excited about um, is trying to prove people wrong and trying to have that underdog mentality. And that's the way I've always played sports my entire life. So I'm really excited for that opportunity to, to do it close to home uh, with family being two hours away. I mean, they're pumped about that too. And uh, it'll be a really cool experience. And I'm, I'm just really grateful for this opportunity. Uh, another another question from our fan, John. Uh, he asks, uh, game day before the game, what kind of jams are you jamming to? And do you have a pregame, a certain pregame meal? Believe it or not, I like house music a lot. And uh, <laughs> that kind of just fires me up. I don't know why, but I've always just kind of listened to that. I've never been a huge rap guy, but like house or EDM, like before a game and a tiny bit of caffeine, it's it's a perfect combo. Who's your uh, favorite DJ? Oh, God. Uh, Calvin Harris. Calvin Harris. How about this? I am a DJ. And if I made you a mix and I send you a mix, maybe you could use it for your pregame. Heck yeah, man. We got a spring game coming up too. All right, man. Uh, Maybe I'll do that. I'll get your number and I'll, and I'll, I'll send it to you through, uh, what's, what's a good, good way of sending him an email, Speedy. What's the, the best way for, for a three hour jam for him. Uh, a three-hour file? Uh, Gmail. I'll send it through Gmail. No, no, Gmail. I know he has a Gmail. I know he has a Gmail. Uh, yeah, not a, it's it's going to be a multiple amount of songs. I'm going to mix a three-hour mix for him. I'll oh, put a mix man. together, and I'll give you a good mix. Why not? I mean, oh, I, it's, I, hey, hey, listen. Trust me, I, like, will, I will use it. I love that stuff. Do you know so, that uh, when I was in my 20s, I actually was on tour with Calvin Harris. I, I did yeah. a little bit of a tour, yeah. yes, in Spain. Um, I was there for about a month and a half with Calvin Harris, and I, I did a couple of things with him. So this is this is before he blew up and he dated Taylor Swift and whoever uh-huh. he, Ellie Golden, whatever who he, who yeah. he was dating, and now he's like the biggest, you know, one of the bigger DJs in the country or in the Amazing. world. So, uh, but when I, you know, when I was in my twenties, being that I'm forty, uh, when I was like twenty six, twenty seven, Calvin Harris was really breaking through in the in in the music industry, and I actually was on tour for a little while with him. Oh, no kidding. That's very cool. I yeah. mean, he's he's awesome. And oh, yeah. uh, that must have been a really cool experience. Too. I don't like his new music. I am not a big fan of his new music. I, I agree. I'm more yeah. of like 2010 to 2015. Yeah. yeah. It's been a little blah. Uh, you know, yeah, he, you, he waits like two or three years to come out with an album. His newest album was a little little off i i didn't like that track with justin timberlake and pharrell it just it didn't really stand out to me and i i like that upbeat kind of tempo music that gets you really pumped if you're going to work if you're going to work out or you're getting ready for a game i think that's what you want to hear so that defining Absolutely. you know defining you know jam the edm that really gets you pumped up i just don't think calvin harris has that anymore in his music but maybe he'll change uh you know djs like to transition and do different things uh david getta you know he's a guy that really yeah that's yeah. that's up there too yeah i did yeah. something i did a couple of i was i didn't do any tours with him but i i got to meet david getta in the hamptons i did I did an event with David Guetta at a place called Brazil in in the Hamptons. So I got a chance to meet David Guetta when he was starting to blow up too. So yeah, I I, I have no problem sending you a mix. But uh, you're the man. Yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah, and the other thing, your favorite pregame snack. Yeah. So usually, I mean, we're going to say we do this. I'm assuming Cal will be the same. Everything is done uh, with the team for the two days going into the game. And uh, so they based on the game time, you're either going to have a breakfast and a lunch mm. or just a breakfast based on if it's a night game or day game. And uh, it's prepared, catered for you. So there's, I don't like to eat a lot on uh, the second meal. Usually it's, it's more kind of like a carb load. 
So I can have a little bit of pasta, maybe some potatoes and some greens, um, but not like not a huge plate at all. But the night before, uh, there's usually a big dinner, ice cream bar. Oh, I like that. You kind of just let it rip. It's awesome. It's like a Sunday bar. It's awesome. <laughs> well, and before the really show, good sugar cookies. Before the show, I had ice cream. I'm a strawberry fanatic. If Love it's it. uh, what a, any any kind of strawberry, it doesn't matter if it's bears or or you know, bunny rabbit, whatever they have. It doesn't matter. Friendlies, I will eat any strawberry ice cream. Everybody thinks I'm nuts, and I like to crush up strawberries in my ice cream and just overwhelm it with strawberries. But uh, um, yeah, That's man, ice cream is my thing, and uh, yeah, you can. But here's the problem: before a game or before a sports event that you're doing, uh, whenever I was an athlete and I was I was a hockey player and I would eat ice cream before a game, I was probably throwing up after the first period. So, huh. you know, <laughs> milk not, is not, not a great no, right before the game. No, kind of milk thing, is but. not good. While no. are you going to play sports? That's just me. ice. Ice cream doesn't work while you play on ice. I, I have acid reflux. Okay, so uh, mm-hmm. it, it it comes up and 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 when I was a kid, I always had acid reflux. So it really milk really didn't bold well in my stomach. And thank God it didn't bold well in other ways because I wouldn't be back out on the ice quick enough. But <laughs> that's a whole other story. But uh, JT, we really appreciate you, man. Keep up the good work. We'll get you on a lot faster than March. I, I mean, no let's get you on before the season starts. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Cal football. Um, and we're excited for you, man. Uh, keep up the good work. And, and don't don't ever take back you know, what you do and how hard you work because you deserve it. And, and to think that you could be an NFL player or make it to an NFL football team, it, it's not – it's not crazy to say that because you have the size, you have the ability, you have the speed. You just got to go out there and play, and I think you're capable of doing all that. Well, I really appreciate it, guys, and thank you so much for your time. And uh, it's always it's always a pleasure. Absolutely, and I will get you that mix. I'll get you a three-hour mix. I am going to put something together just I, for you. I will promote it like crazy. All right. I, Errol all will right. send you a three-hour mix, and you'll send him a, 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 a Sunday <laughs> for that ice cream bar. I don't need a Sunday. I just want to. I want to know your opinion after I put it together. I I will record it. I will sit here and put a three-hour mix for you and your guys. And then oh, if they yeah. like it, I'll put up. A, I'll put a hip-hop one together for you guys. Whatever you guys yeah. want, even a rock one. Uh, you know, I, I like Metallica. I like all that stuff. Pantera. Let's do it. And, Let's do you know, it. A little hype, you know, and maybe Cal will promote, you know, my mixing. Yeah. So, yeah. You'll be out here, man. It'll be sweet. Oh, any day, man. Any day. Thank you, JT. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. We were just talking to Cal sophomore tight end, JT Byrne. He, he's fantastic. Uh, I'm happy for him. I, he's. It, it seems like he wanted to go closer to home. Yes. That's why oh, he left sure. Oregon State. I mean, he wouldn't have left Oregon State. And, and the fact that he... Went into the portal and he got out of the portal. I mean, because it seems like everybody, he, he says people are getting stuck in the portal. I mean, that's what made me giggle when he was talking about the portal and how yeah. people are getting stuck in it. I was uh-huh. like, wait a second. Is this real? <laughs> I mean, do they get caught into a portal and not pop out? They're either stuck in it or they got uh, they got summoned in by uh, Colorado, <laughs> Deion Sanders. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. But Deion Sanders. They, they entered they entered a, uh, a cyclone or a, a black hole or something. They got sucked into Colorado. I watched a bunch of shows and podcasts that Deion Sanders jumped on uh, during the Super Bowl week. Okay, because Deion Sanders has a great personality. He really does. His 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 pizzazz. Okay, and I could see why when he sits down with families, he sits down with high school kids and 
and all that other stuff. And he's trying to promote his product, Jackson State, and now Colorado. And and people are saying, why would I want to go and play at Colorado? And he explained that even though it snows, it's not that cold in Colorado where he, you know, where um, Colorado State is. That's where he's coaching, Colorado Colorado. State. Colorado, I'm sorry. So um, when you you see his personality, and he was on the – uh, Rich uh, Eisen show and, and, and just who he is as a person, it, he draws you. So I can see why the parents and these kids are intrigued and interested in going to play for Prime or whatever he says that he likes to be called you know, when he sits, he sits in with these families in their kitchens or their dining rooms or wherever he's trying to promote the, the product that he's trying to promote. So I, it, it's interesting. And, and even some of the shows that he didn't jump on and, and people have reached out to him. And I heard that were, there were about six or seven shows that he didn't want to go on because he didn't want to deal with the, the backlash. And he has been promoting He's been promoting Colorado since he decided to take that job. And, yeah. and he even told Rich Eisen at the end of his show that whatever you can do to promote my product and get these kids over here to play for me uh, would be a beneficial not only uh, towards the school and, and towards what I'm trying to do for the school, but help me build a product that I want and I will be proud of you know, moving forward. And, and Jackson State, I feel bad for Jackson State. I do because – Jackson State was a, a place that he was promoting. They ju- there just wasn't enough money for him to really recruit, and that was the problem. He brought in some really good players over right. there, including his son as the quarterback. Yep. And Jackson State, what did they when he was there? I think they lost. They were, they were undefeated this year in the regular season. I think yeah. I think he lost like two or three games in yeah. Jackson State mm-hmm. when he was there. Mm-hmm. So he did what he needed to do, and he put things together. And now that he left, he even said that he left coaches there. He left. Uh, the school in good hands, and now he wants to move on to Colorado. He says he never wants to coach in the NFL because he doesn't want to. De- he doesn't want to deal with prima donnas, overpaid players that won't go out there and play for you after they get paid. He says that teaching college, you know, college kids uh, that they want to get into the pros, that they want to make that money, that makes him want to be a coach. That makes him want to push these players to be the best they possibly can. So, um, I, I think he's intriguing, and I think. Um, if he if he builds Colorado to what he did at uh, Jackson State, he might get one of those big jobs three four years down the road for maybe I'm not, I'm just saying Oregon or Ohio State if it becomes available or Florida because I I know that's where he's from he would maybe Florida Florida State or something like that. Or well, Miami. Florida State's coach I think Norvell he got a seven year extension. I'm just so, saying. Yeah, like I, he, I'm he, just he, saying maybe he gets fired in three years. Maybe he's not but, doing his job. I mean he, he he did well this year we'll see but yeah if he doesn't do well the next three years who knows? We've well, so. seen crazier things. Oh, oh sure for sure and there's a lot of especially especially in the SEC there's a lot of coaches that are still being paid on buyouts too that it's definitely still a thing in college football where that could happen. Auburn, you know, Auburn. Oh, yeah. oh God, yeah. <laughs> they might need a coach. Auburn's a great school, and if he could prove that he can re- recruit in Colorado, why couldn't he recruit in Auburn? Remember, they they did win a national championship, if you remember, mm-hmm. and that was with Cam Newton. 
Yep. So and, uh, their previous coach Malzahn was the only one I think that beat Nick Saban three times too. And yeah, so it, it's possible. since then they've just had a bad cycle of coaches. I just like Deion Sanders not because of his skill, because we know how talented he was when he played in the NFL and even in college, how great of a player he was. I like him because he's honest and he's straightforward and he doesn't beat around the bush. He tells you how it is. He's got a good personality. He likes to crack on jokes. He's very sarcastic, and that's what draws people. And I'm sure that what draws these young. Young men to want to play for him. Uh, John also says best attribute about promise he doesn't sugarcoat anything. No, and I agree with you. And that's what I like. I during Super Bowl week, and nobody was talking about it. Like before, we had JT on the show. Uh, on the show, I was saying, and I was getting to everything was talked about when it come to, came to the NBA trade deadline. It, I, it's never happened before how the NBA trade deadline was on Super Bowl week. It wasn't. But then there was trades going on in the NHL. There was so much stuff going on in in, in baseball pitchers and catchers and, and all that other stuff. Everybody's getting ready. And then golf was going on. There was so much going on in Super Bowl week. And people forgot that it was Super Bowl week. And, it, and, and to me, the NFL struck out this week. They struck out. I don't care if it was the third most watched Super Bowl or whatever it was they said, and the commercials made the most money this year. I don't care what the NFL is trying to sell to you know the fan. All I know is what I saw, and what I saw the three the two strikeouts that really really hurt the NFL in, in for this Super Bowl was one they didn't promote it very well in the final week, and they have to stop with waiting two weeks for the Super Bowl. It's also the extra week added to the end. It's, it's horrible. Too, which it's, help. it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible, and and that has nothing to do with it. How about you know canceling out one week, giving them a week, and then going right to the Super Bowl? I, it it hurts these teams. It hurts the product. It does, and then they have to figure out with these referees. They have to do something about this. They get one challenge or two challenges if you, if you argue a challenge. And you, you should be able to challenge something at the end uh, with the last two minutes of the game. You should be able to challenge it. I think you can't challenge it at the last no, two minutes. No, it's all of the automatically game. booth reviewed. Yeah. But holding penalties are not, are, are yeah, not reviewable I think, at the moment. I think you should be able to challenge that. 100%. That could have changed everything for the Super Bowl. They changed everything for Josh Allen. And nothing, none of these games went to overtime this year. None. Mm-hmm. None of them. The Josh Allen rule was obsolete in the playoffs this year. I'm curious how the uh, the Bills would have taken that pressure. This is their rule. We better uh, execute on it. By the way, uh, Jeff is on the phone. He was trying to call earlier, and he has arrived again. Jeff, what's up? Earl, I couldn't agree with you more. First of all, I was listening to you describe Deion Sanders. I thought you were talking about me. That was incredible. Um, <laughs> but, but second of all, you're totally right. The trade deadline, pitchers and catchers, all this other stuff. Super Bowl weekend should have been should have been on uh, you know on on the whole football weekend on that kind of thing. But I'm uh, nothing if not humble sometimes, and I must issue a public apology. <laughs> Let's hear it. The beef. The beef was right. I must apologize to the beef. It was Super Bowl weekend, and Dak Prescott won a trophy. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> wow. By the way, congratulations to Dak Prescott winning the Walter Payton Award. Mm-hmm. It's not an sure, easy he, award to he win. He won a trophy on Super Bowl weekend. I'm not sure it was the one that the beef was shooting for, but here we are having to apologize to the fun. He was right. Dak Prescott won a trophy. He did. 
and he deserved it. it, it it's a it's oh, a great story. Only for being a nice guy instead of a good football player, but thumbs in the brakes. It's a prestigious honor. <laughs> it is a prestigious uh, honor. And and Walter Payton, one of the greatest running backs to ever play the game, one of the greatest Samaritans to ever play the, uh, football and professional sports, and, and to see his two kids being the face of the, the organization and, and the trophy really stands out what the NFL is trying to do when, when it comes to promoting this particular award. But congratulations but, to Dak. He deserves it. But this only solidifies it, okay? The clock is now officially ticking. Yes. This must be the first of three in a row. <laughs> no. Three in a row for what? He's got his – I'm assuming Super Bowls now. How many more times are you going to win at the end of the year? Probably not many. Well, this is this is the alleged uh, this was the alleged fourth year of since he said that. Well, he, right, but we'll, we'll give him that. a pass. He finally won a trophy on Super Bowl weekend, so we can start the clock now. <laughs> well, he he doesn't think Dak is ever going to win a championship for the Cowboys anymore. I've heard it. Oh, that's heard it no, enough. that's not what I've been told. I've been told three in a row. You were said that, and then he changed it to at least one, and now he says they're never going to win with Dak. Never. So it went from three to one to zero. So there you go. We'll call it 310. 310 to Yuma for, <laughs> for the beef. <laughs> now the real question, Jeff. Now the, uh, there's only six teams that haven't made a conference championship game in the 21st century, which uh, is the Commanders, the Lions, your Motor City Kitties, as you like to call them, the Dolphins, the Browns, they're up, and the they're Texans. Up, they're an up-and-coming team. Don't, don't knock them. They're an up-and-coming so, team. So of those six teams, are the Cowboys going to be the last one to do it, or they're still ahead of somebody else? <laughs> Uh, no, look, the Cowboys are never out of it, right? Like they're always a like they're always they're always a playoff team for the most part, right? Like whether you think it's because the division's weak or some years they have a decent team, but I mean they're never the top team. Like look at this year, they had a pretty good team. Were they the top team? No, they were probably third, fourth best team in the conference. Eagles forty. Look, if if the 49ers don't have every quarterback on their roster die, uh, they're a great team, yep. right? Like. So, you know, they were a little down the, the pecking order there. But, they, I mean, they're always kind of there, but they all, you're also forgetting the other thing. If it can go wrong, it will go wrong. Well, it has it has done that in the playoffs for the Cowboys. No question that it has. Uh, the year I before. mean, that's not a coincidence, right? At what point do we, do we start discussing the C word? And what's that? Championship? Curse. Curse. Okay. Curse? <laughs> I was trying to be funny there. <laughs> I mean, at what point is that a real thing that they might just be cursed? Well, Dak's too dumb to, to slide down and hand the football over the ref. More clock issues this year. Tony Romo. Oh, it's a brand new ball. That's why I couldn't catch it. Like, at what point is it? Is it just the guys they like aren't clutch? You talk about the Chargers all the time, Speedy, and they're not yep. clutch. Mm-hmm. What about this team? Yep, maybe they're the NFC version of the Chargers. I, I, I can abide by that. But congratulations, you won a trophy. <laughs> well, speaking of a team right here in New York, Rich Semini reports that the Jets could cut up to $55 million off their cap uh, when it becomes uh, when free agency becomes available. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. Rich Semini said this. Uh, the Jets want to shed uh, a significant amount of money. The Jets can clear up to $40 million by restructuring linebacker C.J. Mosley, cutting wide receiver Braxton Berrios, Corey Davis, tackle Dwayne Brown, and safety Jordan Whitehead. They can also get um, get to $55 million nu- um, with a nuclear option, um, which 
would mean releasing defensive uh, defensive end Carl Lawson. The Jets still have to re-sign defensive tackle Quinton Williams, who is coming off a first-team first all-pro season, 55 total tackles, 12 sacks, and 28 quarterback hits. Aaron Donald is the highest-paid defensive tackle by far in the NFL with his contract averaging over $31.6 million per year. While Williams won't get that, he wants to be paid like a sec- like the second-highest-paid defensive tackle in the NFL, which is currently uh, Buckner, uh, who makes $21 million per year. The Jets have been linked to Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr this offseason, and shedding this much cap space would solidify whichever one they want to move forward with. So it's a very interesting story. Uh, with the New York Jets. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets. I don't know if Derek Carr is going to the Jets. I have read some of the things that Vegas has said, and Vegas believes that the number one team that could land Derek Carr now is no longer the Saints. It's the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers have come out of nowhere. He hasn't interviewed. He hasn't talked to the Buccaneers. As far as what we know, his agent has not... uh, We haven't heard anything that the Buccaneers have reached out to his agent, but it's very interesting. And usually when Vegas comes out with this and the numbers start to fall together, they're usually right on this. The Buccaneers as the number one team, then you're hearing uh, the Carolina Panthers, then the Saints, then the Jets. So it's an interesting story, but go ahead. I mean, but. The, the Jets could open up, like that's what it says. It could open up that cap space, but does it make sense? Because you just named, I don't know, did you name nine or ten guys that could be cut or restructured or whatever? And for every hole that you open to for the cap space, you're just creating a hole on the team. Like Braxton Berrios is a, a, a no, he's not a number one, not but he's he's a solid, effective receiver for that team. Do you want to be searching for another receiver all of a sudden? Like that doesn't seem like it would make a lot of sense. Carl Lawson seems like he's been a pretty decent piece for that defense. Do you want to cut Carl Lawson and let him go and and now your defense is a little weaker? You just had a top five defense. Isn't that part of the attraction of wanting to go to that team that they're just not going to allow any points? And then you weaken your defense. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense to just cut all of these guys and create holes. And and you're right. But the Jets have added some pieces, uh, obviously in the draft. Jermaine Johnson, who really barely played this year, when he did play, there was some aggressive plays that we saw him play, getting to the quarterback, putting pressure on the quarterback. Maybe you move Carl, Carl Lawson out, you bring Jermaine Johnson, you have control of him. The safety position, They've uh, there are stories coming out that the Jets are going to go after the Alabama safety in the second round if if he becomes available. So uh, in the second round. So there, there's a lot of different positions that the Jets could look to fill as far as – and the Jets want to go young. They want to go young. And Aaron Rodgers, seeing what, what they did this year, their two rookies winning shot. defensive rookie of the year and offensive rookie of the year, it gives them – it gives him hope that this team – Aaron Rodgers could be the final piece to this team going to the Super Bowl or making a run for the Super Bowl. Derek Carr could be the final piece or the final – quarterback, the quarterback to help them lead them to the Super Bowl, which they haven't been for over 53 years. The problem is if they don't get caught or Rodgers, what's left? Tanny Hill? And that's what we're hearing. As a Jet fan, I'm not excited about that. But yesterday, we were talking about Ryan Tannehill. I don't want Ryan Tannehill. I will sit here and tell you, as a Jet fan, any Jet fan sitting here today and saying they're excited to see Ryan Tannehill as your starting quarterback next year, you're you're on drugs. 
But if you look at what Ryan Tannehill has done in his career, he's had two 4,000-yard seasons. The Jets haven't. They've had one quarterback to have a 4,000-yard season, and that was Joe Namath one year. So Tannehill has done that. Tannehill for the last, except this year, but the last three years, four years before that, close to 4,000 yards, 3,800 yards, 3,700 yards. This guy could still throw the ball. He had that great year with the Titans where he threw 33 or 34 touchdowns and seven interceptions. The guy could still be a good quarterback, an efficient quarterback for the Jets. A lot better than the quarterbacks they had last year, that's for sure. John also says, car, been saying car to Bucks. Imagine if he makes that older team go further than Brady this year. He will hush some of the doubters. And Carr has had basically that last place defense his whole career with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is very true. And a lot it makes of, sense why a lot of, Derek Carr would go to the And Buccaneers. a lot of changes with the coaching staff, too, which the Jets are going to deal with this year as well, having a new offensive coordinator. Yep. So Derek Carr is somebody that will know how to adjust to that kind of thing if he does end up going They there. also brought the Titans offensive coordinator, yes. who just fired, too. Right. So <laughs> you're looking at a case where wherever he goes, same kind of thing with the Panthers, same kind of thing with the Bucs, like they're all dealing with some kind of coaching change whatsoever. Derek Carr does have the adversity of that, but the Jets also have more talent. But the Jets teams. are also going all in on the offensive side of the ball. If you if you see it, you bring in Nathaniel Hackett, you're bringing in the offensive coordinator for the Titans, you're bringing in all these different you're, you're bringing in offensive line, new offensive line coach, you're bringing in a new wide receiving coach. You see what the Jets are trying to do. They're trying to change the, the non- offense that they had last year. And Mike LaFleur was a big part of it. And that Robert Sala had to make a big decision this offseason. He had to make a big decision this offseason and fire one of his good friends, a kid that grew up, you know, with Robert Sala, uh, under under Robert Sala when he was in San Francisco, uh, with Seattle, with Matt right. LaFleur, and, and that, that tree. So for Robert Sala to do that and bring in some of these, you know, offensive minds, it shows you where the Jets are starting to lean towards going into the offseason. They need offense. They need to find a, an offensive coordinator that can run the show here and help this team get over the hump. This defense will be good no matter what. You lose Carl Lawson, and there's no question, for what we've heard, they're not losing Carl Lawson. And how would they should either? They're, they're, I don't think they will. I think Carl Lawson will renegotiate his deal. One way or another, because he wants to stay there for the Jets. He's got two years left on that contract. So I still think they'll keep Carl Lawson. But Whitehead, they can absolutely look for a safety in the draft. There's quite a few good ones that you can get in the second and third round that we've been speaking about. And we're going to get some of these draft experts on. And, and Jeff, you know, there's a lot. There's a couple of really good safeties right now in the SEC and the Pac-12 that are coming out this year. So, again... I, I, but there's always good players. Yes. Everyone, you know, I already hear people complaining this isn't a deep draft. There's plenty of good players in this please, draft. Like please. everyone's a lunatic <laughs> about like all oh, the draft and where can we find the stop. There's plenty of good players. I remember we had these experts on last year. Good ex, really good guys that write for Sports Illustrated. And who knew the most? And I'm just saying they were on the show. And they told us that this draft class, the Sauce Gardner draft class, was not any good. Who was good. on Sauce first? You, you were. Uh, okay. And there were a couple of guys that liked him. But nobody thought that Sauce Gardner was going to have a rookie. Because you're listening to amateurs. A rookie record-breaking type of you know corner that we saw this year. An all-pro corner. First-team all-pro. He did everything that he was set out to do. And he's, on, he's only going to get better. Uh, Stingley was good. There were so many good players in the first, second, and third round and even there were players in the fourth and fifth and sixth round woolen was a six round year. pick so but there is every year and instead and you know and instead of coming to tiger woods you went and searched out for shooter mcgavin 
I don't understand why you do this every year. <laughs> all I'm saying, and first of all, these guys, obviously they're getting paid by respectable big companies. And I'm not saying that you're not, and I'm not saying that you don't know what they're you're talking about. They're burning money. That's okay. I, that's fine. But I respect your, your thoughts when it comes to college football because you know and you you're, you watch it religiously. Because I've hit more than anyone else. Well, well, so far in the last past year, you have. Was on Rashawn Slater was the best uh, offensive lineman in that You draft. loved him. Yep. This guy. You you loved him. And you know, I was annoyed the Giants didn't take him after Devontae Smith got stolen by the Eagles. And we both loved Devon, Daniel I'll, Jones. I'll, I'll, hey, listen, I'll take the L on that one. I was the first I know. one to question I whether Devontae Smith I remember was, arguing with you about was, that. Yep. Right. I was like, maybe he's too small, which I thought was a valid complaint. But you know who I was on? Big punt return in the Super Bowl. The human joystick. Yes, I know. Yeah. I know, Jeff. You're, you're going to keep going on that one for a while. Yeah, they did have a touchdown, too. And yes, then he big did. Punt return. Yeah. He Listen, played a big say, what you, say what you want. It didn't work out in New York. He was a difference maker in that game, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yeah, and he, I think in that system, he could definitely turn into, like, an exotic gadget player type for the Chiefs. Because he's not going to have, like, I don't think he's going to have one consistent role. But He, could he didn't least, even play a full season with the Chiefs. I, I know that. But at least in that but, offense, they could use him still creatively, even if he doesn't have the, like, efficiency with the entirety of the snaps. But this is what I what I always talk about with, with both of you, right? Because one of you, especially one of you, likes to just go to the numbers and look at the numbers. Here we well, go. Darius Tony's numbers are terrible, really, in the Super Bowl, but he might have had the biggest impact in the game. He did. He was one of the more impact players, but right. Travis and Kelsey, you can't measure that yeah. in the numbers. All right, Jeff, with your numbers. You're, you're, no, but he's I not going to get that high of a volume anyway, so we're not right, going to. but this is why I'm saying go, always going to the numbers doesn't always tell you the story. I understand that, but I also think that when you when you look at what the Jets are trying to do, I understand they want to bring a quarterback in. Right, and, and let's be honest with, with mm, Jets fans here. Mm -hmm. Anybody, Ryan Tannehill, the FUD, me, you, Speedy, if anyone on the planet shows up to play quarterback there, every single one of you dummies should drop straight down to your knees and thank the Lord that it's just not going to be Zach Wilson again. And you guys should all celebrate. That's what should happen because any other quarterback on God's green earth would have made the playoffs with that team last year. Peter King, all, P Peter King also said on the Rich Eisen show uh, that he believes the Jets' target is still Aaron Rodgers, but could also pursue Lamar Jackson if his franchise tagged him, if the Ravens franchise tag him, which seems almost inevitable at this point. So it, it looks like they're going to fr – if they franchise Lamar Jackson in a week and a half, two weeks, because I think that's when the franchise tag could be – land. you know, obviously put on a lot of different players, I, I do believe that he is going to ask to be traded. He is not going to be happy. He's been waiting for over a year. He decided not to come back in the playoffs. I believe Lamar Jackson, if he had his contract, he would have been back in the playoffs, and maybe they knock off the Bengals. Maybe they knock off Buffalo, and maybe they're in the, maybe they're in the Super Bowl. Who knows? Maybe they knock off Kansas City in Kansas City. Who knows? Nobody knows. But Lamar Jackson did not play. And I don't want to hear about Huntley as your, your future quarterback because he was in the Pro Bowl this year, which, by the way, he looked like crap in that flag football game. But Are you really critiquing the flag just, football game at this point? I'm, How ridiculous is that? I'm just saying. How ridiculous do you think that that is right now? <laughs> I, I, don't think, I, I, I don't know how he made the well, Pro Bowl. He looked terrible in a game that no one cares about where they're wearing – Lamar rings on their sides to tackle them. This is incredible how bad he looked, huh? Oh, I'm stunned. 
Lamar Jackson is reportedly seeking a contract very similar to Deshaun Watson, where he wants to be the second player to get over $200 million guaranteed and a contract where over 80% overall is money guaranteed in his pocket. So I, I, I do believe that Lamar will get that. I If he goes to the Jets, I don't see Joe Douglas and the Jets giving him that. So Lamar Jackson is out in, in my eyes, I don't care what any Jet fan thinks. He's not giving away two first-round draft picks. And I, I'll tell you that again for Aaron Rodgers. There is no way in hell the Jets are giving away two first-round draft picks. Joe Douglas is very stingy on the draft. He comes from the Baltimore Ravens organization. He is not going to do that. Will he pay Aaron Rodgers? They will find a way where it works for Aaron Rodgers if he comes here. I, it's Aaron Rodgers or bust, in my eyes, as a Jet fan. You bring Derek Carr in. I like Derek Carr. I think he can help the Jets make the playoffs and make a run at the Super Bowl. I don't know if he's the it factor. Aaron Rodgers automatically gives the Jets a chance to win a Super Bowl this year. He does. Automatically, I does. mean, if it's Aaron Rodgers or bust, you guys are already losing to a teepee in Thailand. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, if, if if you're a Jet fan right now and you're listening to me right now, you cannot sit here and tell me I'm okay with Lamar Jackson. I'm okay with Derek Carr. I'm okay with you're Ryan back. Daniel. I mean, look, I'm you're, okay you're with reaching, Jim, what? You're Jimmy Garoppolo. For the stars here. You should drop to your knees and thank the Lord if anybody shows up. Anybody, if it's Marcus Mariota, if it's Ryan Tannehill, if it's Cooper Rush, if it's I like how he's Cooper Rush. I like who cares. He says Teeny Hill, Teeny Hill, Cooper Rush. Let's Jeff. call him Ryan. Really? Let's call him Ryan Panty Hill. Okay. Oh God, that's what we'll call him. All right. Do no one, ca- no, no, the, no Jets fans should care. Their entire goal should just be not Zach Wilson. That should be the goal. Jeff, Jeff, here's the real question. You mentioned uh, losing to a teepee in Thailand. So you're saying Aaron Rodgers is going to a darkness retreat and try to uh, negotiate with Cliff Cliff Kingsbury to go somewhere? That's where he is right now, trying to get his mind clarity to go. Am I really going to go to play in New Jersey? I know. That's where Cliff Kingsbury is, though, too. So maybe, I don't know. Maybe they're, I don't uh, think, it, I don't think Aaron Rodgers right now is thinking about where he's going. He'll be back on Friday. He'll be back tomorrow. I expect by next week we'll know – what he is thinking. I, I do believe that. I, I believe that one way or another, some story is going to start to peak, and we're going to hear that maybe he, he will sit down with Green Bay next week. Uh, that's what I'm hearing. He, he will get the opportunity to sit down with them and figure out if if he is there for the next year or the next two years or he's not there at I all. Try to trade for Jordan Love. If the Packers believe he's a starter, why wouldn't the Jets? And he's younger, and then you could have a long-term quarterback. I don't believe. If you get Rodgers, it's two years and done, and then you're on the search again. Well, I don't know if they're on the search because if you're sitting – if you're Zach Wilson, you're sitting behind your the quarterback that you looked up to all these years, a quarterback that plays just like you. A lot of people try to compare his skills to – Aaron Rodgers, if you get a chance to play with him for two years and learn under him, you, you see Jordan Love. Look what Jordan Love has become. Okay. I, I, I don't know what Jordan Love let's, is let's yet. Let's go but, through the list then. Hmm? How'd that work for Rohan Davey? How'd that work for Ryan Mallett? How'd that work for any of the guys that played behind Brady? Did they ever turn out to be any good? They all went places and they all Yeah, sucked. but so it, sitting there Ryan Mallett doesn't exactly that. Ryan Mallett wasn't a first-round draft pick, a top-three pick. Okay, this kid's skill is absolutely there for the taking. They, he needs to understand the game. He needs to see the game under Nathaniel right. Hackett, under under Aaron Rodgers, and and, and learning behind one of the yeah, greatest he's the, quarterbacks. He's the Mormon Achilles Smith. Uh, <laughs> I, I know you're an idiot. Okay, you really drive me nuts. And half 
the time, I, I think I respect your your opinions towards things, but you, you sit here today and you say, well, uh, you look at Aaron Rodgers and is Aaron Rodgers going to be a Jet? No Jet fan can sit here today and tell me I'll take Lamar Jackson, I'll take Ryan Tannehill, I'll take Derek Carr. It's Aaron Rodgers I, I think a smart, or I think a smart bust. Jet fan would. If, if you can get Lamar Jackson for the long term, let's be honest, when was the last time you had a quarterback? Never. Fair. Never. So you've never had a quarterback. <laughs> and if Lamar Jackson, a hold on, MVP, hold on, a decade younger than Aaron Rodgers shows up and you'd have him under contract. Well, I don't know. What's a contract? Six years, seven years, eight years. What does Lamar want? Right. He and wants $200 million in guaranteed money. He didn't specify how right. many years. But the, but the Jets six have to seven years. I would so imagine it's going to be six years. Better. Right, but the Jets have it to give. They're not going to be able to keep everyone. And it just puts them in the same tier as all the other teams in the league that have paid quarterbacks. The Bengals, the Bills, the Chiefs. Well, like, the Bengals oh, haven't Bengals paid yet. Not yet, but this this offseason, Joe Burrow is going to make at least four or $500 million. Right, they're going to make it, but they, you know, uh, the, the Cowboys, they're still competitive. They paid Dak. The Bills still competitive. They paid Josh Allen. The Chiefs paid uh, Mahomes. They're still but just won a Super Bowl. Can't even say they're. They still got seven they're more the years left. They paid him for ten years initially. Right. This is what I'm saying. Why would you? Why would you sign up for Aaron Rodgers, who you're going to have to trade for and give up assets? And be honest now, what's the most he's going to play? Two years? Yeah, but getting two years out of Aaron Rodgers and helping you possibly go to the Super Bowl or be a threat in the AFC—that to Wait, me is is Lamar more than seven uh, or eight. I, it's to me as a Jet fan. You have all these young players. That's what you have right now. They're all under their rookie contracts. You have a chance to win right now before you have to pay these guys. Pay Aaron Rodgers. Bring him in. Sign Quinn Williams. Do the things that you need to do. Uh, bring in some veteran players if it makes Aaron Rodgers happy. Draft well. And don't throw away first-round draft picks. If you have to give up one and a second round this year to, to make the Green Bay Packers happy, then do so. That's what you need to do. And then then move forward with Aaron Rodgers. It makes a lot of sense on why you, you should bring in Aaron Rodgers and why you shouldn't bring in Aaron Rodgers. So you, you bring in Derek Carr. Hold on. If you bring in Derek Carr right now, Zach Wilson is gone. So that was a wasted second pick in the first round. If you bring in Lamar Jackson, you might as well get rid of Zach Wilson. So... You look like a failure as as a as a GM. Now you 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 didn't strike out this off season. Uh, the last off season, you you drafted Garrett Wilson, you drafted Jermaine Johnson, you drafted Sauce Gardner, you drafted Clemens, you drafted Max uh, Max Mitchell, you drafted Brees Hall. You did a great job in this past draft. But looking at the quarterback position, that's what you're looked at as a GM. If you pick you think, wrong, you think if they get. You think if they get Lamar Jackson, they're finally going to look like a failure with that pick of Zach Wilson? I don't know. I would have thought it was the third time he got booed off the field. Fourth time he got booed off the field. I, he's already been a failure. So worrying about whether you look like a failure or not to draft Zach Wilson, that ship has already sailed because that's already there. That's why you're looking for a Hold on, hold on. Because you've already failed. Hold on, game. hold on a second. He's been here for two years. He still has three more years. They could give him the option at five. He's got more. Hold, hold on. Jordan yards. Jordan Love has been a backup quarter, quarterback behind our Rodgers for four years. This is his fifth year. He will get his fifth-year option. He'll have his chance to prove himself. Give Zach Wilson two years to sit the bench. Let him learn behind one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Let him learn b behind Aaron Rodgers and with Nathaniel Hackett, uh, who has been very successful as an offensive coordinator, not as a coach, as we know with the Broncos, oh, yeah. but has a chance to really, really, really prove himself behind. And by the way, you heard what 
you heard what Zach Wilson said. Whoever they bring in, he's going to give them hell at practice. He's not going to do that to Adam oh, Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's not going, going to do that. On what? what? What is he going to help with? Throwing interceptions? No. How is Zach Wilson going to help? Oh, well, I'm just saying, if, if Aaron Rodgers comes to the New York Jets, he will sit back, he will learn, and he'll get the opportunity to be a better quarterback. The only help forward. Zach Wilson's going to be is if he carries the dude's pads into practice. That's and he might. And he might. But you want to know something? We see what Jordan Love has become playing behind Aaron Rodgers. Maybe two years behind Aaron Rodgers with the New York Jets. And Isn't this in, like his fifth year there? No. Who? Who? Jordan Love? This is his fourth, fifth year. Fourth year. No, this is his fifth year. It's his fourth year upcoming. Are you sure? He's I the 2020 it's... draft. He's the same as Burrow and Herbert. I'm pretty sure it's his fifth year. Nope. He's the 2020 draft. I so this feel is like his fourth he's been year. there a long time. Yeah, no. He was the Burrow-Herbert Tua draft. He was the 26th pick of that draft. I know he was draft. a first-round draft pick. I, yes, I, you I, called I, it. I remember I, that I, night. Yes, the so, Packers yep. were going to – they moved up from the second round to Don't the first round. Don't give him round. too much credit, Speedy. He also said Kellen Mond was like his third-best quarterback in that draft. No, I said no, he was – No, that was next year, Jeff. And I said he was my – first of all, I said he was my fourth – no, my fifth best quarterback, right? It was my fifth? No, I think you said no, fourth. You had a I fourth. Had a fourth. Fourth, fourth, yeah. fourth, 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 fourth. He was my fourth best quarterback. So let's not go give him all too right, much All right, right. And listen, you could be wrong. I, I could strike out sometimes. I, I, we I, all do. Yes. We all do. Yes. It's humility. Yes. But I, I, I sit admitted, back. I admitted I did I, I don't. Earlier. I don't think Zach Wilson is a bust. I think that the Jets needed to sit him on the bench. He wasn't ready. He has ADD. He's got a huge problem when, when it comes to understanding and reading offenses and reading defenses. He's been coached by a rookie offensive coordinator. You bring in Nathaniel Hackett. He's done it before. He's helped. Uh, you know, look at Aaron Rodgers' numbers under Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, so and yet We also know what he's done with Russell Wilson under his offense. But he wasn't the offensive coordinator for the Broncos. He, had his own, he, he wasn't making the, the calls as the offensive coordinator for the Broncos. So it, it's interesting moving forward. I think Aaron Rodgers makes a lot of sense for the Jets. You can sit your young quarterback on the bench, let him learn, and then you see what you have in his fifth year. You give him the fifth-year option, Aaron Rodgers leaves. If he fails after Aaron Rodgers, then you, you, look, you look towards another quarterback. He'll never get that fifth-year option. He'll never get that fifth-year option. Might, that fifth-year option is like $25 million. If he proves himself at practice, if he proves himself to l- learn under Nathaniel, you're going to give twenty five million to a guy. But, yeah, practice. why not? I've seen, I've seen backup quarterbacks. I've seen quarterbacks that come after a quarterback retires or decides I mean, every, every, to be traded. Every, every other GM in the league would hope that you come to be a GM because they would steamroll you as you're given twenty five million dollar contracts to guys sitting on the bench. That's incredible. How about this? Was- the Washington football team, or the Washington at the time, the Washington Redskins, they drafted Kirk Cousins in the fourth round, right? Mm-hmm. They drafted who in as their number two pick? They RG3. moved up for RJ three. RJ three was for there. How long? How how long was he starting quarterback? Three years. Three I mean, he wasn't years. even healthy all those years. Three years. Did they give Kirk Cousins his fifth year well, option? Did they? They did. Yeah. After, after pulling they, teeth, they did. Yeah, right, but here. Here's the problem with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. A fifth-year option is more expensive for a first-round draft pick than it is. And I don't even think they have fifth-year options. It's four and done for for a pick that late. I know. That's what it is. The, the 2015 right, 2016 offseason was just so funny because Bruce Hour was on vacation. If you're a first-round draft pick. All right. So you're saying that they give him a fifth-year option. It isn't uh, fourth year. I'm sorry. Fourth fourth year. They, they gave him his fourth-year option. And here's another thing. Jordan Love, he was a first-round draft pick, right? <laughs> yes. He was a first-round draft pick? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's going into his fourth year. He plays this year. He does okay. They give him a fifth-year option? 
They probably do. They probably do. If they're walking away from Aaron Rodgers, they're giving Jordan Love a fifth-year option. So they're going to pay him twenty-something million dollars. Right, right, because then they would. Because you just said it. If they're getting rid of Aaron Rodgers, yeah, then they give him the fifth-year option because that's cheaper at $25 million than paying a starting quarterback. You're not thinking of the math. You're not giving, uh, you're not paying Aaron Rodgers $50 million and then giving Zach Wilson a fifth-year option at 25. So you literally have 50% of your salary cap in quarterbacks? That's insanity. It's insanity, but that's sometimes when an organization is trying to find their starting quarterback of the future, they're going to be insane in making those decisions. And and the New York Jets, who hasn't found a quarterback, hasn't had a quarterback, and hasn't found one in a draft since I don't know. Since I don't, they never did. And I don't want to hear about you know obviously Sanchez. Sanchez should have never went into the draft. He should have waited another year, like Pete Carroll said. And even though he took the, the Jet, took the Jets to two two AFC back to back title games, it wasn't him. He helped out in certain ways, but that defense was explosive. And Rex Ryan, by the way, which we'll get into in a few minutes, mm-hmm. might be coming back. So uh, that's good news you're also for the NFL. Making the point on why, but you're you're helping make the point a little bit. How? Because exactly what you're saying. All oh, the Jets haven't had a quarterback. In Speedy. So rather than find first so round draft than... picks that were backup quarterbacks that obviously after a couple of years got a chance to be the starter, and they gave him a fifth. Well, that's a long Google search, Speedy. I hope you can type all of that out. No, I'm just he knows what I'm talking about. Out because they're there. I, I don't know them by, off the head, right, but, but there are so, quarterbacks but, but that have. But you're helping receive you're helping that. Make my point for Lamar Jackson though, because you're you're going on and on about talking about the Jets have, haven't had a quarterback in forever. And if you get a chance to get Lamar Jackson, you and not have to look for another quarterback for another decade, that's a win. That's a win. That's a huge win. Rather than uh, Aaron Rodgers is here, we gave up draft picks. He's gone in two years, and we just pray that Zach Wilson all of a sudden finds some sort of common sense and athletic ability. I mean, that seems insane. I worry about Lamar Jackson. One, he's too thin. That's one. Number two, the last three years he's been injured. The guy can't stay healthy. You're going stop to pay- with inju- Stop with injuries because Aaron Rodgers has also had injuries. All right. I, but Aaron, but does when they make the playoffs, does Aaron Rodgers usually play? Yeah. I remember when Aaron Rodgers played with a broken collarbone. He I remember the, when Green Bay was a tough place to play. It's not anymore with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. They keep losing that, that, But that's line. not the argument here when, when you bring up Aaron Rodgers. Lamar Jackson had a chance to come back in the playoffs even though he didn't have the contract. Did he come back? No. He just claimed he was hurt. He wasn't hurt. He could have played in that game, but he decided not to. You don't know that. You don't, listen, come on, I can, Come I, on, I man. I agree with some of the speculation, but you also don't know that. No, so I don't know that, but that it makes a lot of sense. But it, he, this, he wants $200 million, and he's not going to put his leg or he's going to put a, his body on the line and, knowing and I, that he I hasn't received him. it. And I agree with him. After watching what happened to Dak Prescott and happened to, after seeing what happened to Dak still got the contract. Dak still got the contract from the uh, the Cowboys, even doing what he did to his leg. They First of all, they should have already paid him. And the fact that they haven't would still gave it to him. Too. They still gave it to him. And, and, and that was a, a year coming back where his numbers were pretty good, uh, but he, he didn't look really, really good. And, and even this year, going inside and running out of the pocket, he is definitely less efficient than he was before he got hurt. Okay? He, he's been more of a pocket-present quarterback, and I think that's hurt him. I think that's hurt Dak Prescott in the last two years after his injury because he, I think he's questioning himself getting out of the pocket or making plays outside of the pocket. Yeah, I mean, 
whatever with Dak. I don't want to get out know, of Dak. Because you don't like Dak. We know. We, you hate him. It's not that, I, hate. It's not that I You don't, don't like him. him. You think he stinks. You think he stinks. No. No, that's not it either. I think he's just an average quarterback, and people pump him up to be something that he's not. Because what happens is he beats up on all the lowly teams and throws for 400 yards against all the weaklings, and he loses to anybody that's good. And Snug says, and Snug says Aaron Rodgers had a, had a broken thumb. Yes, he had a broken thumb and still played. And still played this year with a broken thumb. Couldn't grip the ball on his throwing hand, and he still played. Okay? That shows you how tough Aaron Rodgers is. And I will take Aaron Rodgers over any of the quarterbacks that are available. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think that's where he's heading to the Raiders. It makes a lot of sense. He's a scheme fit, and that's what Josh McDaniels likes to run. He likes to run his scheme fit, the Patriots scheme fit. That's what he likes to do, and and I and it didn't work with Derek Carr. Derek wanted to call audibles uh, on third downs. Josh McDaniels didn't like it, like the fact that he was arguing with him on the sidelines, and that's why he didn't play in the final two games or dress in the final two games. And Derek Carr weighed out his welcome. Now, now you're looking well, at Lamar Jackson. Well, there's, now you, there's also something yeah. to be said for the fact that Derek Carr struggled in that system, and for whatever it's worth, right? Say what you want, because I know you'll argue that he's no good or whatever. Who said that? Jared Stidham, Jared, Jared Stidham did better with that team than Darren Hall. Because he ran in that offense. He, he's he's from the Patriots. Stidham right. was what, there right. for two yeah. or three years. Right, right. That's part of it, too. But this is what I'm saying, though, is if, if Derek Carr could learn quicker or study more or whatever, figure out the playbook, maybe that would have helped him. You know what scares me Jared, about Derek Jared Carr Stidham as a Jet fan? Do you know what scares me about Derek Carr? If you look at and, and his numbers, He's are David fans, Carr's brother. No, his his numbers as a starting quarterback really stands out. What scares me is if you look at the Raiders, you know, all around numbers, they would they were ranked in as Derek Carr as the starter, twenty third in the last five years in the NFL. They were ranked twenty third in offense in, in all of the NFL the last five years. That's scary. You're going to pay a guy. Where were they? Hold on. Where were they ranked in offenses last year? I, I don't. I, I don't know. Speedy, you looked that up. All right. By the way, to answer your other question yes. about uh, quarterbacks that stayed on the roster with yes. their fifth year option and stayed as backups, Blake Bortles did in 2018 and 2019. 2018 is the year he got the fifth year option. And he, he took start, him to the AFC title game. Uh, no, that was the next year after they took him to the AFC. That's title what I'm game. saying. He right. took him to the AFC right, title but he, game. Right, so but that, he was, that was already started. But he was already right. He got benched in 2018, but he stayed on the roster in 2019 when Nick Foles was there. Yeah. And then they cut him later that season when they brought they activated Gardner Minshew from the active roster or the practice squad. I think later on. Give me they, another one. And they cut Bortles. The only other one that's uh, this is of the last 15 years of first round quarterbacks. The only other one that was still on the roster the remainder of that season was Marcus Mariota. The year he was benched for Tannehill in 2019, he stayed on there in 2020 before he went to the Raiders. So they gave him. In, the in which case they weren't. He had the option already. Yeah. Right, but. In which case they weren't paying Ryan, Ryan Tannehill any money either because they dropped. They were in 2020 the though. They they right, they but, gave him the 30 right, million a year they, in 2020. Right, but what were they paying Tannehill? Two million. A year no, yeah, Tannehill wasn't much. Yeah. yeah, he was playing. But, he, he so, was they were, yeah. so they didn't have a total of 75 million on either of those teams invested in quarterbacks. It's never happened. Never. Okay. Never. You don't. You don't have a number one quarterback making number one quarterback money, and then give someone a fifth year option. It's never. But happened. Aaron Rodgers is not going That's to why. be on the team. You understand that? In two years, Aaron Rodgers will be gone, and giving Zach Wilson that fifth year option to prove himself 
And giving him that $25 million gives them the chance to see what they have, being that he is behind Aaron Rodgers for two years and learning in Nathaniel Nathaniel Hackett's offense. So Aaron Rodgers will be gone, washed away, that contract gone. So giving him $25 million is not crazy to argue. It's not. Now, going back to your ask about the Raiders, their offense last year, points per game-wise, was 12th. Yardage was 12th as well. Uh, passing offense, 12th in, uh, 12th in yardage, or 11th in yardage, 9th in touchdowns, and rushing yards, 17th, and well, touchdowns, 22nd. So, so, think about where that, so think about where that actually is, considering they have the number one rusher in the entire league. How bad is your passing game when you have the number one rusher in the entire league and you're only ranked 12th. Oh, or how bad is Josh McDaniels not getting everyone else involved, too? Like, they couldn't even get, like, Josh Jacobs had to do everything. What do you mean getting everyone else involved? Everyone else was involved when Jarrett Stidham was slinging it at the end of the year. Well, yeah, because the 49ers were well, yeah. already clinched, and they didn't want to, they weren't game planning for all that. <laughs> yeah, they didn't game plan for someone to be competent running that offense. Gee. Jarrett Stidham? They, they have no tape on Jarrett Stidham. <laughs> Uh, also, 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 what scares me is that uh, Derek Carr's played in 142 games and he's thrown 99 interceptions, and that's a lot. That, it's a lot, and, that, and that's another thing that scares me because the Jets, all these Jets quarterbacks over the years, and I'm not even the guys that they drafted or even guys that they brought in from free agency. If you remember Neil O'Donnell, he he was actually the year before he took Pittsburgh all the way to the Super Bowl. They lost in the Super Bowl. I think it gets the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm they not got mistaken. smoked. I think they got and then he, 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 he signs with the Jets and for two years was an absolute bust. And then they bring in Vinny Testaverde. And Vinny Testaverde was good for two years. And then Chad Pennington took over. His shoulder went down. And, and, and this has been the Jets' problem. Maybe they are hexed. Maybe they are jinxed. And maybe it is. Uh, a lot of people believe it's Joe Namath, you know, making, you know, uh, selling his soul to the devil, saying that in Super Bowl three, if I win the Super Bowl, the Jets can't win the Super Bowl until he dies. Maybe if Aaron Rodgers comes maybe, in and and that's and that was, number is out of retirement, it changes everything. I don't know, and I'm just making maybe it's assumptions. Maybe the curse of trying to kiss Susie Colbert. Who knows? Oh Who knows? I don't care. And he, he, you know, they called him Broadway Joe or whatever the hell they called him. And uh, he, he loved to sleep around and do the things that he loved to do. And maybe, maybe the curse will be reversed if everyone drinks as much vodka as Joe Namath. I don't know. I met Joe Namath a couple of times. He's a nice guy. Uh, do I think he's one of the greatest quarterbacks? No. Do I think he should be in the Hall of Fame? No. Would I tell Joe Namath that? No. I mean, I, I just, to me, when I look at the Jets quarterbacks and, and what they have done for the organization over the years, uh, O'Brien was a pretty good quarterback, uh, even though uh, they had a chance to draft Dan Marino, not O'Brien, and they decided to go with O'Brien. Was it a mistake? <clears throat> Absolutely. Afterward. But Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl either. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks, but he also went to an organization that couldn't win. They couldn't get over but it. Doesn't, them. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you get Rodgers or Carr or anybody, it doesn't matter. That's not the goal. The goal is to win a Super Bowl. You know, it's to win a Super Bowl. Anybody but Zach. Anybody but Zach. That's the goal. That's I the think, goal. Woody Johnson. There. It wasn't. It wasn't a coincidence that Woody Johnson, for for the very first time in about five years, went to Super Bowl. <laughs> went to the Super Bowl on Radio Row, and he was interviewing for a bunch of podcasts. Why was he doing it? 
because he is promoting. Because he's an attention hound? That's, and he's promoting, and he's pro- trying to sell to everybody that he will do anything possible. And by the way, all to- the owners were there. Did you see that Mark Davis finally got a haircut? Yes. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm just saying, Woody well, Johnson. Why was he there on Radio Raw? Hmm. You're not saying that about anyone else. You're just a Jets fan who noticed no. his owner was there, but all the other owners were there. That's fine. Woody Johnson. Woody Johnson. Jeff. Jeff. Woody Johnson was not at the Super Bowl for five years. Five years. And I am a Jet fan. And I know that for a fact. And he was there. Chris Johnson has never been to a Super Bowl. You know why he wasn't there for five years? Why? Because he was. Because he left being the owner and he was an ambassador to a foreign country. And that's okay, where he was that. So when you're like, he wasn't at the Super Bowl for five years. Yeah, it's because this is the first year back in the country for that dump. Uh, actually, last year he was in, back in the country. Okay. Right. Great. Terrific. He wasn't at the but Super like, Bowl oh, last year. He wasn't year. there for five years. Wow. Because he was an ambassador. That's fine. Maybe he hasn't your been. Owner should be an owner of a football team, and you wouldn't suck donkey dicks. Uh, okay. Maybe you didn't want to see the LA Rams. Can we stop talking about politics? I'm not here. To, we're not to talking get... about. No, yeah, no, 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 we're not talking you're about. You're talking about ambassadoring. No, 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 you know, no, England. Is no, that what you're talking I'm about? I'm not getting into any of his politics. All I'm doing is pointing out he took another job and neglected his actual job. You know what, Jeff? I, I, I'm going to sit here and I'm not making excuses for Woody Johnson. I don't, I, don't, I don't care what Woody Johnson does. But what I do know is that was the first time he's been to a Super Bowl and he was hanging out ready row. As a matter of fact, the last time he ever goes. I, I know for a fact that he doesn't really go to Radio Row and interview at these, uh, you know, at these podcasts and these radio shows. He doesn't like to talk to the press. He really doesn't. As a matter of fact, how many times a year does he talk to the press? Twice? In the beginning of the season? And I, at the I end of the season. Really? What made them embarrassing? They had the, the rookie of the year, I don't know, offensive the rookie of the year, the defensive rookie of the year. Right, so he finally so he finally poked his head out after a couple of awards. Where was he after the butt fumble? MIA. <laughs> Get in front of the camera, answer the question. Why are we bringing Stop up Mark things. Sanchez? He doesn't like the question, <laughs> so he ducks. Why is why Coward. Why? Coward. Coward. Woody the coward. Woody the coward. That's great. Maybe he saw ghosts. Hold on one second. So we're bringing up Mark Sanchez's butt fumble when it has nothing to do with Mark Sanchez. As a matter of fact, Mark Sanchez, Mark Sanchez works as a broadcaster. Who cares? Mark Sanchez is thirty-three years old. Nobody cares what Mark Sanchez is doing. As a matter of fact, Russell Wilson is thirty-three. He's a thirty, going to be thirty-four years old. He's the same age as Mark Sanchez, and Mark Sanchez is sitting as a broadcaster as Russell Wilson is a star. Quarterback yeah. of an organization. Do you, think, do, you, do you think it's a coincidence that Woody Johnson finally popped out of his hole? And what did you get? Six more weeks of winter. Well, listen, Screw Woody Johnson. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I don't <laughs> want winter, though. <laughs> I do. I want winter. It's, it was 70 degrees at its highest today. Okay? We're in the middle of winter and we're dealing with 70 degree weather. You right. think that's Woody good? Johnson can't even get winter right. See how bad that is? <laughs> You're an idiot. You really are a fool. Uh, John, uh, John Suggs also says uh, he'd rather have Trey Lance over Zach Wilson. And uh, let's, get little, let's get a bunch of Jets quarterbacks. Agreed. He has done nothing. Uh, John also reiterates what Jeff always says. Dak is a stats guy. Alvin Kamara is indicted by a Clark County jury on charges of battery resulting of uh, bodily harm and conspiracy to co- uh, commit battery. Kamara uh, obviously, along with Bengals cornerback Chris Lemons, or Lemons, and two other defendants, Percy Harris and Darren Young. 
Uh, the incident occurred February 5th, 2022, one day before Kamara played in the Pro Bowl last season. According to police, Kamara's group assaulted the victim. Darnell Green and uh, at Dre's nightclub around 6.30 a.m. Pacific time. Green said uh, he was trying to get on the elevator, but uh, Kamara wouldn't let him. The running back allegedly uh, put his hand on Green's chest, and after Green pushed it away, Kamara's group started kicking and punching him in the face. Uh, Green, um, Green also filed a civil lawsuit. By the way, Alvin Kamara is in trouble for beating up his girlfriend, too. So that was battery, yeah, too. Right. So he, this could be huge, and Alvin Kamara could see jail time. Okay, this isn't the first time he's been caught for battery. And, and, and that thing's going through right now. He's dealing with that right now with his girlfriend uh, or ex-girlfriend. Green also filed uh, a civil lawsuit against uh, him back in October. The lawsuit claims that Kamara shoved Green into a wall and repeatedly punched him in the face. After Green fell um, to, to the ground, Kamara's group allegedly punched him and kicked him while he was down. Green is seeking a lawsuit against Kamara for $10 million. The NFL did not suspend Kamara for the season over the incident, which they should have, or not suspend him for the season, but gave him at least a four or five day suspension, a four five game suspension, but could suspend him for the start of next season. Kamara's next scheduled court date is March 2nd. Kamara's total cap number in 2000. 23 season is approximately 16 million, but only 1 million this season is guaranteed. Kamara's dead cap hit is 15.37 million. The Saints overall are currently 55 million over the salary cap and 11 players making over 10 million in the upcoming season. The Saints have been uh, in the running for Derek Carr, but would have to shed a lot of money to make it happen. The Saints have also been linked to Baker Mayfield. Ooh, uh, everybody is. Uh, Kamara's contract, and by the way, also um, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Baltimore, Ra the Baltimore Ravens are also interested in Baker Mayfield as well. Uh, Kamara contract <laughs> is is average of fifteen million per year, tied for second highest among running backs. His contract for this season is the fourth highest among running backs. So there you go. That's uh, that's not the only interesting mm. arrest this week too. Scumbag Alabama wide receiver Trey Sean Holden was also arrested. Really? For what? Yeah, Alabama players. They suck. Well, yep, how did that happen? People, Alabama players. Well, what did he do? What did he do? What did he do? I don't know. Not a lot of Let's details. Look that up. He's been. I didn't hear anything about that. I didn't hear anything about that. Transferred to Oregon. Transferred to Oregon. Got arrested. Scumbag Trayshawn Holden, wide receiver, Alabama. Mm. Absolutely tragic. What a scumbag program. Just felons over there. <laughs> I, I forgot you're a Georgia Bulldog, right? Oh no, I'm off the bandwagon. You're off the bandwagon. Right, yeah, it's a uh, Eugene, Oregon police arrested him for menacing on lawful use of a weapon and a coercion, and the menacing charges a misdemeanor, while the other two are felonies. Did he shoot somebody? Did he? Did he actually shoot at somebody? I'm trying to find that out. I wouldn't be surprised. That's a very Alabama thing. They're all scumbags. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't say in this article specifically. So Alvin Kamara. Not very good people. Alvin Kamara could be in a lot of trouble. I, I don't know if you see jail time. I think this guy just wants to sue Alvin Kamara. He knows he's making a lot of money. And uh, 
Kamara, who last year made over fifteen million. Uh, he's he, again. He's trying. He's trying to sue four play four guys about ten million dollars. So I'm. Um, I would. I would see Alvin Kamara trying to negotiate a deal where it doesn't go to court, so he stays out of jail. But he's also in a lot of trouble. Yeah, with the great his, Hardy. Yeah, he's in a lot of trouble uh, with the girlfriend's the ex girlfriend situation where he put his hands on her too. So, uh, what's what, what is up with these running backs in the NFL? I mean, seriously. How many running back backs that we have seen over the last five years have put their hands on their uh, fiancés, girlfriends? I mean, it's happened to, I think, four running backs in the last five years. And, and, and Zeke Elliott's one of them. Right. So doesn't, doesn't help that they aren't, don't get paid as it is. Hunt is another one. Right. Who's the other ones? I, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember. Oh, the original ones. Oh, Ray Rice. Scumbag, was the Ray one. Rice. Yeah, yeah. Was That's Ray Rice. the original ones. Scumbag New Yorker Ray Rice. <laughs> First of all, he's New from Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey. He's from New Jersey. <laughs> Stop saying he's no, a New I Yorker. he was from like Nyack, no. New York or no. something like that. He's from New Jersey. Well, he actually, I, I don't know. He's not from Nyack, but he might be from New York, if I'm not mistaken. He, uh, Jeff, to answer your question about. Don't... Yes, but he, he went to school at Rutgers. Jeff, to answer your question about the uh, the Alabama receiver, it said uh, he was involved in an active dispute outside an apartment after getting uh, after getting pepper sprayed. He held up a firearm and shre- threatened to shoot uh, the owner of that apartment. Doesn't really say why, but when EPD officers yeah, answered, yeah. he was uh, he was detained after that. Yeah, no, I was right. Scumbag New Yorker Ray Rice. He's from New Rochelle, New York. Scumbag New Yorker Ray Rice. Yeah, he is from New Rochelle. I remember that. Yes, but. Scumbag New Yorker Ray Rice is a guy that's trying to obviously clean up what he did, and he still married his 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 girlfriend or fiance, and now is his wife. Just the type of thing a scumbag would do. Could you stop with that? I mean, seriously. And uh, there's still a good chance you might be eating dog poop. So, you know, uh, John Sarita, John Sarita in our comments section. Our Ray Rice was playing flag football. LOL. He was. He is actually he is. Hmm. But, and and Errol will be there to tell him he's not any good. No, I like Ray Rice. Criti- you love critiquing flag football, of course you would. Shut we up. love the guy that beat oh, up his girlfriend. All knocked I'm saying is Huntley was not a pro ball player. Okay, what a gentleman Ray Rice is. He knocked her out, but still went back for the flip flop. Good, good for you, Ray. You know, quite the gentleman. Charges were listed. This is what John Sugg says. Charges were listed. Uh, as cleared on Lane County Jail website, Holding <laughs> could still be charged at. A later date, so nothing. He, it seems like he's okay as of right now, and he could go into the season next year playing. So there, there's no charges, and they're saying it was cleared. So who knows? Well, we'll see because he can still be charged, but he's a scumbag Alabama person. Uh, Rex Ryan emerges. Roll, roll tide. <laughs> Rex Ryan emerges as the top <laughs> candidate for Broncos defensive coordinator. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been watching him on the Mike Greenberg show. Okay. And he's always on the Mike Greenberg show. He's always on ESPN. I like Rex Ryan, as we call him, Sexy Rexy out here. Uh, he's been known uh, to build a, a clown show or, you know, the, the Jets clown show in the uh, mid-2000s. But uh, he was as successful. He probably as successful as any coach we've had here in New York. Uh, he went to Buffalo. He didn't succeed over there. Yeah. And, and and for the last couple of years, he's been working as a broadcaster. I think he's getting bored of that. Um, I heard he was interested in maybe coaching college football. His sons are playing college football right now. But I, honestly, I think it's a good move for X Ryan going and, and being 
uh, the defensive coordinator for Sean Payton. Because if he ever wants to be a coach again or he ever wants to coach in the NFL, coach college football in the future, playing under one of the best offensive minds in NFL in the NFL or one of the best in the last 20 years could help his stock uh, when it, when a coaching job becomes available in the next couple of years. And, and getting this defense back in order. They lost Chubb at the trade deadline. I think that... You know, and then the Miami giving him the money that he, they gave him over a hundred million dollars. Uh, Miami added added a defensive coordinator in the off season that is going to absolutely use Chubb moving forward, and and he he's a good defensive coordinator too. So, uh, but I think Rex Ryan is one of the best defensive minds uh, that the NFL has seen in over the last twenty five years since Buddy. Uh, his father, who obviously was the defensive coordinator for Chicago in 1985, he was the defensive coordinator for the Jets uh, in 1969. So this is a guy that understands the game and understands the quarterback. I mean, the defensive coordinator position. I don't know if Rex Ryan's a good coach. I don't know, and I don't think the Jets should have fired Rex Ryan. But what I what I could say about this. This is a good move for the NFL. This is a good move for the Broncos because bringing um, a personality like Rex Ryan back into a locker room, giving giving the Broncos and the Broncos. Remember, they won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. They brought Peyton Manning in. Uh, he helped them win a Super Bowl, and then obviously retired and rode off to the sunset. I don't know what Russell Wilson is yet, or what he could be in a Sean Payton offense. But Williams. Trust. But Williams is coming back. Uh, he didn't have Williams this year. It definitely affected their offense. Um, and, and even the two wide receivers that they have. What? How is Sean Payton going to use him? Look at Sean Payton and the talent of wide receivers. Besides Thomas, how many top wide receivers did he have over there uh, for the Saints? He didn't have a lot of top. Yeah, that kid from Hofstra was Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kid from Hofstra was good. Yeah, but he was a fourth or fifth round draft pick. He was good. He wasn't great. Go look at Colston. Oh, stop it. You, you, you judge people by where they were drafted, and it's so ridiculous. Julian Edelman was a seventh round draft pick. Did he end up being a good receiver in the league? Yes. So does it matter that he was drafted in the seventh round? Stop doing that to yourself. It's embarrassing. He was Colston was a great wide receiver in the NFL. Who cares where he was drafted? He was in the league and super effective, and everyone in the league would have wanted him on his team. So who cares where he was drafted? You bringing that up is just so dumb. It adds to the it adds to the, the stupidity that is Benson indicted. Jesus, you're an idiot. First uh, of all, and Colston was an okay wide receiver. He's a good wide receiver. He was, he was a, a really great. good wide receiver. That he was good. He was good. He was good. Who cares where he was drafted? No one cares as long as you're good in the league. He was good. No he wasn't cares. great. He wasn't elite. Okay, he wasn't, and either was Julian Edelman. All right, he was. Oh, a, stop he it. wasn't. Julian Edelman was. Julian Edelman what? defines the slot what? receiver position. Oh, stop! Defines it. He wasn't elite at his it. position. No, he wasn't. He was oh, good in the playoffs. It. He was a great playoff uh, wide receiver. Oh, he was. You are. I, you're, you're, just fool I, uh, really? you're just oh, making a fool of really? yourself. Really? You're just making a fool of yourself. Really? Oh, Julian Edelman wasn't any good. I no, I didn't say Julian Edelman wasn't any good. All I said is he wasn't elite. He wasn't elite. Yeah, he sure looked elite to me winning Super Bowls. Uh, of course, of course. Yeah, he was a good playoff wide receiver. There's no question yeah, that Julian oh, Edelman. Super Bowl MVP. Good. No good. 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 I didn't say he wasn't good. You're taking words out of my mouth like you usually do. And and first of all, are these elite numbers? 6,822 yards for 32, 36 touchdowns in his career? Is that elite? Dude, 
he he was he's one of the best wide receivers. Is that elite during that time span? <clears throat> and again, this is what you're doing, and it's ridiculous. Oh, let's go to the numbers. The impact he had on games was incredible. The impact he had on games. Did and you? Again, like I said with Kadarius Tony before, you try to measure everything through numbers, and you just can't do it, and it's embarrassing right. for you. You know it what's embarrassing? Is. You know what's embarrassing when I bring up and you say that he, you said that he was elite, then take it back that you didn't say that. No, he no, he's elite. He's, he's one of the best. Not elite. He's not Ray, elite. Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis even said <clears throat> Julian Edelman's the best wide receiver in the in the league. He said that a few years ago, and he doesn't get enough credit because Ray Lewis said it was because he was white and people couldn't believe he was good. That's for Ray Lewis, one of the best linebackers in the game. But let's take Earl at Mark's uh, word for it because he Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is white, and he was the best wide receiver last year. <clears throat> He's been one of the best wide receivers the last three seasons. So I have no idea what you're talking about. And there are a lot of good. White, Edelman, there are a lot Edelman of good caught, white Julian wide receivers. Edelman caught the second most <clears throat> regular season touchdowns of any player Tom Brady ever threw to. The second most, forty-one Ooh. touchdowns. That's more than Randy Moss caught from him. That's uh, more than Wes Walker caught. From him. How many touchdowns did he have? Forty-one regular season touchdowns. His career it's second. He dude. It's, Julian Edelman in his career has thirty-six. Thirty-six. Nope. Forty-one. I got 36. the whole thing right here. Hundred and five touchdowns. Because I got the thing right here. Tom Brady, 737 touchdown passes to 98 receivers. And it lists all of them mm. all the way down. It's to wrong. One touchdown pass. It's not wrong. Mm. Maybe it includes playoffs. Maybe it doesn't include playoffs. No, that's, no I'm, I'm, I'm reading what Errol's reading on Pro Football Reference. He has 36 touchdowns. 36 touchdowns. Maybe, that's, maybe he right, also right, has rushing right, touchdowns. Right, because, they, right, looking right, at? Right, because they don't include playoff stats. It's like Tom Brady has. Oh, okay. Including playoff stats. Passing. Okay, gotcha. Right. Gotcha. Uh, John right. also says uh, Ingram, Kamara, uh, Michael Thomas, Marcus <clears throat> Colston, Jimmy Graham, Teron Armstead, and Jari Evans. But I think that's Jimmy more of what Graham Aaron... was another guy to define the no, position. Uh, Sean Payton, that was his strength. He was very good with tight ends, and he was good with offensive linemen. He was good at finding those late in drafts, too. He was fantastic with. And the Saints always had steadily good offensive lines. Yes, he had five touchdowns in the playoffs. Five touchdowns, which makes 41. See, there it is. Who's right again? Put one on the scoreboard for this guy. And John also um, says I'm branding. No, Cooks you're as well. wrong because still with 36 touchdowns, it's not an elite. Oh, position. He's not an elite player. He's because not an elite player. He's not an elite player. You don't want to count. Players. Jeff, Jeff, he's not an elite player. I like Julian Edelman. He's not an elite player. He is <clears> an elite <throat> player. He defined the slot receiver position for the better part of a decade. That's a long time in the league. Well, elite. <clears throat> <clears throat> Well, elite, and just because Tom Brady spread the ball out and gave um, everyone catches and whatever, oh, no one's numbers are fully through the roof. But yeah, there were a lot of guys on that team that were really, really good and really Julian Edelman being one of them. He was uncoverable. Anytime there was a big play to be made, Julian Edelman was making that play. Uh, John also mentioned Brandon Cooks as well. Brandon, yeah, the, Sean Payton in his career, uh, when he was the head coach with the Saints, also had some GM power at that time, at certain points in his career too. Only drafted two first-round wide receivers. It was Brandon Cooks and Robert Meacham, I think was the other one in 2006, who I don't Meacham think made it past the second. another great wide receiver. Yeah, he didn't make it past his second contract, but still had his role as a, like kind of their deep threat speed demon wide receiver on that team. Because Colson was kind of more of a possession-type wide receiver, and then they really re relied upon the, the other running backs they had, too. They had Reggie Bush, obviously. Deuce McAllister was more towards the end of his career. And then they emerged with some other guys, too. Pierre Thomas, Chris Ivory, guys like that. And But again, wide receivers, 
depth-wise, the Saints were never known for those like three receiver packages and stuff like that. Uh, John also says Edelman not elite. What he was a quarterback his whole career until pros. Edelman was clutch. Yep. yep. What does that matter that he played quarterback somewhere else? Give the guy credit for playing quarterback and then making that transition. I can name a bunch of players that tried and couldn't do it. How about Terrell Pryor? How about Braxton Miller? All sucked <laughs> Terrell Pryor. That, that, was a, that was a funny year in 2017 when everyone was so high on him in what fantasy about, for about the about one great year Keenan, he had. Yeah, Keenan Reynolds at Navy. Option quarterback trying to make a yeah. receiver. He has some FBS rushing well, records at Navy. At that time. I was giving the guy some credit that he was a versatile enough athlete rather than going, oh, it's a knock because he was a quarterback in college <laughs> and then played wide receiver. That's terrible. Get out of here. <laughs> Leave, leave, it, leave it up to Jeff to argue a point. No, it's a, it's a silly knock. Oh, he was only a uh, – he wasn't even a wide receiver until the pros. Who cares? He was an awesome wide receiver in the pros. <clears throat> Carl says he – like That seems like a, such a dumb knock that, oh, he, well, he didn't play quarterback or he didn't play receiver in college. So, well, no, uh, not I'm right. just saying he was an elite. That's all I'm saying. Carl also says Adrian Arrington. I don't know how much uh, how he actually played, Carl. He was a seventh-round pick for the for them. I don't know how much he actually played. But yeah. uh, John also says Eric Decker. Eric Decker was never Fantastic. a saint. He was never a saint. Though. Oh, yeah. white wide receiver. There we go. We're talking about white wide receiver. <laughs> we were also talking about the saints. You're right. Eric Decker was a very good one, too. Uh, John says Jeff thinks I'm arguing with him. I'm on your side, dummy. LOL. <laughs> I am a dummy. He is correct. <laughs> At least, at least you're being honest in that case. Uh, says, Truth, Jeff is right as usual. Oh, God. But Woody Leave Johnson is still a coward. Okay, he's a coward. Coward. The cowardly why? lion. Why? Oh, only finally pops out now that a couple of guys have, have uh. won an award. How about showing your face when your team stinks, which has been forever? How about explaining why you're just taking off and neglecting your job? <laughs> and Carlos says Steve Largent. Yes, that he's probably the best wide receiver, white wide receiver. Why are we time. bringing up Woody Johnson? <clears throat> Why are we bringing him up? It's hard to be reiterated. Woody Johnson's a coward. Okay, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. We went from Julian Edelman to everything that we're and talking Julian about. Edelman's Julian Edelman should be a Hall of Famer. Terrific player, Julian Edelman. Yep, and Carlos Carl also as mentioned far Steve Largent. As far as the concerned, absolutely. In the regular you season. Guy on that- I'll give you another guy on that Patriots team has nothing to do with nothing, but he should be a Hall of Famer, and I know everyone's going to argue this. Matthew Slater should be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Again, if they, if they once they incorporate more special teams, he should definitely should get in. Yes. Greatest, he's a great, he's a great special greatest team special player. Team, greatest special team player to ever play, probably. Hester. Hester. Right, but for his position, oh, the special team's gunner. Yeah. Right, right, no, you're right. right. No, he's he's wasn't, about he wasn't, he wasn't, that's, a, that's a whole different position, right? Devin, like, yeah, but he is a special team. Thing. But he is special. Right, teams. right. Yeah, yeah. I think you right. have to differentiate that. I'm Jeff, surprised yeah. Devin Hester didn't yeah. get in this year. I know. But as so. far as a, as far as a gunner went, greatest gunner you've ever seen. Oh, absolutely, no question. I'm not taking that away from him. I'm just Devin Hester is the greatest special teams player I've ever seen. So yeah, he yeah. It's a shame he's not in too. No, but he will next year. He'll be in. There's yeah, no question. He deserves it. Yes. Uh, you know God. who's never making the Hall of Fame? Dak Prescott. Prescott. We know. We know. Carl also says uh, for white wide receiver Steve Largent, who, yes, definitely is the greatest white wide receiver of all time. Had 100 career touchdowns, 13,089 receiving yards. Dak Prescott is in the Hall of Fame now. He just won the Walter Payton Award, so he is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he'll No, yeah, but he's not getting getting there for talent. He's getting there because of cans of soup for the homeless or something. (laughs) 
I don't know. That's also an NFL award. The Pro Football Hall of Fame is different, though. They're not actually NFL <laughs> connect, technically connected. If David, if David Baker is a man of his word, he will not let that human being in. <laughs> Dak Prescott. Oh, is he going to let Dak uh, tour the Hall of Fame? If Dak Prescott wants to go to the Hall of Fame, he should have to buy a ticket like everybody else. <laughs> You're an idiot. You really are. You really are an idiot. But I, I got to give you... A lot of credit. Your your personality definitely brings out the the craziness of this show. So I don't know. What, I don't know what to tell you, dude. I <clears> called <throat> and offered an apology right from the top. Yes, you did. Don't say nothing. <laughs> I'm not a man of my word. I offered an apology. Did I not? Yeah, you did. Uh, John also says I would hate to see Jeff on speed. LOL. Ha ha. He's on speed right now as we speak. Uh, Carl also oh, says no, I've been deathly sick for four days. I am not on. Speed. That's what I am right now. My voice and everything. I've been a little sick today, so. Um, <clears throat> Dude, I had the worst that. stomach bug for four days. It, I'm telling you, it almost took me out. I almost wasn't even here anymore. Uh, Stock also says Chris Collinsworth for white wide receivers. And Carl says <laughs> Donovan McNabb could sell chunky soup, not Dak Prescott's. You know what it is? It's the change of weathers here. And my voice, it's just been, I have a post-nasal drip. And then that goes away. And now my throat, and it's cracking. And it's crazy. It's crazy. You just... You can't catch a break. It goes from one thing to another, 71 degrees, then it'll shoot down to 40 degrees tomorrow. It doesn't make sense. It really That's doesn't. Woody Johnson's fault. <clears throat> Six more weeks of winter. Stark says, drugs are good. Mm-mm, okay. Yes, I'm sure you would. You enjoy yourself on speed, Stark. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could talk about more cupcakes and more comments about Kenny. Yeah, that I can't wait sense. for the impending mock draft that you guys do. That's what's really going to excite me. I, I enjoyed you guys actually giving uh, Neon Dion a little bit of credit there for his job he's done so far in Colorado, which yeah. is nothing. Yes. But did you see his kid drive, try to drive his stupid Lambo up that hill? No, I didn't oh, hear did about he? that. I didn't hear about that. Oh, my God. What, what happened to that? <laughs> Dude, all he was doing was spinning his tires going about a half a mile an hour like just blasting the thing. The Lambo couldn't make it up the hill in the in the snow. What? So his dad had to go out and get him a new car. Oh God! Well, he could probably afford it. What with the uh, nil bail money he'll get? Well, no, it's Dion Junior. So it's not the kid that plays for the team. Oh, it's, it's not. Just okay, like another gotcha. Kid. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, I think about Shador. Okay. Mm. Anyways, Jeff, thank you for calling. <laughs> I always appreciate it. I hope that the fun <clears throat> appreciates my apology. You know, I it was sincere. Mm, I'm sure. You know, congratulations to him for finally winning something on Super Bowl weekend. And what's that? I thought I I was won the Walter Payton Award. Mm. That was him. Dak Prescott. That was Dak. Yeah, but that was the, Dak. That, that wasn't Mike. It wasn't the beef. <laughs> the beef's no, 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 but, <laughs> so no, but it doesn't count for him right. anymore. <laughs> right, but he won a trophy on Super Bowl weekend. So you know, Mike was right and I was wrong, and I, and I can admit. <laughs> <laughs> that was and I hope that I hope that that apology, you know, f- you know, I hope he finds it as sincere as I meant it. He'll probably claim you're an idiot. <clears throat> I will <laughs> say that uh, Shaquille O'Neal is one of the funniest guys, you know, in professional. Like as an analyst slash broadcaster, he is hilarious. He really is. What he's doing right now uh, with the Utah fans on um, on uh, TNT right yeah. now, All Star. Well, it's not All Star Weekend yet. It will be tomorrow, but he is really, really funny. So, and I heard he put up. Uh, he had a really good um, event over there in Arizona for the Super Bowl too. So, um, if you think he's, <clears throat> you should see one of the guys that he co-hosts with. His name is Charles Barkley. Oof, that guy is hilarious. 
Wait till you hear that guy talk about people from San Antonio. Uh, Jeff, Carla has a question for you. Thoughts on Alabama basketball being number one and then losing against Tennessee yesterday? Tennessee's an up-and-comer, not just in football. They're a really they're good, good basketball defense. team. Yeah, they're they were a really, really good basketball Dude, they have so they have that one kid with the braids that plays point guard. Is it Ziegler? Yeah, something like that. Right, and and then they have like the is it Croatian dude? I don't know. They have that one. Yeah, no, they're big man threes. who was great last year too. No, right? no, no, no. The, the guy that shoots the threes, and then they oh, also have right. that seven. Then they also have the seven seven three guy that's pretty good. Yeah, that's that. I think that's the one I'm thinking of that was great last year too for them because they were they were a great team last year, but they're one of the best defensive teams in the country this year. It's just, yeah. It, Basketball's wide open this year, man. Yep. Wide open. Mm-hmm. I'm still not giving up. I'm still not giving up on Creighton too. I think Creighton's got something from the NCAA. They, they got a lot of offense. It's just a matter of their consistency. Because... Yeah, but they they haven't been healthy all year. They've always been missing guys, and if they finally get that help and all their starting five actually plays, I think they can be pretty dangerous. Yeah, again, they're a potent offense. It's just a matter of, of their consistency as a whole has just been so up and down. And in tournament play, they, it, that's been their pattern, too, even year to year. Where you look at even the Doug McDermott Creighton team, like they were a three seed. They lost to the second round, yet they made it to the, the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight, I think, is an eight seed. So it's tough to tell and, with them. And, you know, Alabama is tough, too, because, it, you know, look, it's really hard to play against Alabama teams considering – one of their guards just murdered somebody. Oh, yeah. Right. So I'm sure that, you know, scumbag Alabama people, they're always carrying weapons. So I'm sure that that's a threat to a college. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, Jeff, the, the Tennessee kid you're thinking of is Muscovy. <clears throat> yeah. He, he has been very yeah. consistently good. Yeah, Muscovy's another guy. That kid can shoot, dude. Is he well, – what is he? Is he Italian or Croatian or something? Yeah, he's no, I, no I remember the name now. I thought – you're right. I think he is something like that. Uh, oh, uh, no, he's actually from South America. No, he's uh, Uruguay. Oh, then that's what it is. Montevideo, like Uruguay. Croatia. Yeah, and Z- Ziegler, uh, Ziegler 10.9 points a game, and then they had another kid, uh, 10.7, Oliver Nomarqua, who's from Finland. Maybe that's who you were thinking of? What do you thought, Croatia? Uh, I don't know. I, no, it was definitely Muscovy, but okay. I, I just thought he was – I thought he was European instead of South American. But yeah, I knew he was like a, a, a foreign-born player. But he, that kid can shoot the lights out of it. But, but it's all about home court, dude. Watch any watch any games, dude. It's all it's just about home court, dude. Maryland blew up Purdue tonight. Purdue's number three in the country. They're a better team, and they got blown out because Maryland was at home. Yeah, Mar- no, Mar- Maryland's up and coming for the second half of the season. They've been very good, but Purdue's lost, I think, three of their last four now, so it hasn't been as good for them. Uh, John says, uh, Houston, Purdue, Tennessee, Miami, UCLA is my top five. Uh, if you get blown out by almost 30 to Oklahoma a few weeks back, don't need to be in the top 10, period. Uh, John Sarita says, uh, Alabama hoops. I'm not really sure the context of that. And uh, John says as well, uh, John Suggs says, a team that has turned around big time over the years is uh, UConn. Yes, he, they, de- Danny Hurley had a tremendous well job coached. over there. Very well coached. Yes, Carl, we they know Purdue always blows into the tourney. Thank you for knowing that Adam Sonogo can play for UConn. That's another uh-huh. player. Yes, Carl, I know Purdue always uh, blows it in the tourney. Thank you for noting. I don't need to reenact 2019 yeah. when they mess up against Virginia. Always loaded right, with but size. But, always but, loaded but, with size. But, yeah. but if you look around college basketball right now, who's – like every year you can look around and go, oh, this team's stronger, that team's stronger, like whatever. I, I don't think you can really do that this year. I don't no, think you can't. there's like, oh, a favorite to like – Oh, this team's definitely going to the Sweet 16. I don't no, know. there's no definitive one. I, I like UCLA the most, but there, there's nothing definitive. You're right about that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy how, like, there's, like, no 
I, look, there's a lot of strong teams, so I mean, people are going to get mad, but like, there's no like strong team. Like, there's no like. I, it's I, wide I, open, Baylor like good? you said. It was. It's very, yeah, is very. Baylor any good? I don't know. They have some good. They, they they're good. The Big Twelve is really deep this year. It's probably the deepest conference I've ever seen. Here, here's the question: How long is Shire going to last in Duke? <laughs> Uh, not long, that's for sure. John asks, when's the last time UNC, Duke, and Kentucky have not been in the top ten? It was th- actually three years ago when none of them made the tournament th- that year. I mean, they might have been in the preseason How ranking. do you have one of the best recruiting classes that Duke's had over ten years, and, and they're not even ranked right now? I mean, Yeah, but it's a transition period. You can't do that either because – Losing Coach K is is a huge blow, mm. and if you look at any program that's lost a big coach, there's always been a step back. Did you think Indiana kept going when Bobby Knight left? No, no they took not. a huge hit. So like, you can't like people shitting on John Shire. Those are huge shoes to fill, man. He's Let me ask you a question. Let me can. ask you a question. By the way, he's probably done the best job of anyone because he got the best recruiting class. Let me ask you a question. All right, when Roy Williams was done. And Hubert Davis took over. How long did it take Hubert Davis to become a pretty good coach? Yep. Right, but Hubert Davis was also Oh, don't make excuses for... here. Don't make excuses. No, 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 but he was also a coach for a really long time there. And by the way, you're like, mm. oh, yeah. and, um, he, took, he basically took Roy Williams' team. How's Hubert Davis doing this year? It's going to be a pretty <clears throat> it's going to be a pretty electric matchup in the NIT Jeff, with Kentucky. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, who do you think recruited all the players that were coming into Duke? No, no, I'm talking Roy, about Duke. Yeah. Who do you think recruited those Duke players this going into the season? Shire, was, Shire was the recruiter. That's, stop! That's, that was stop! Whole, you don't think Coach? You don't think Coach K had something to do with it? I'm sure it did have something to do. Hundred percent. Right, I'm sure it did, and he's not doing a great job. But most of these programs take a step back, right. and using North Carolina is a terrible example okay. because if Duke was allowed to just make up courses for their idiot basketball players, <laughs> I'm sure they'd be better too. Uh, John says Duke is all freshmen basically, except for Lively Shire will be fine. Uh, John Zarita also mentions Virginia. No, I will never buy into that bandwagon ever. Uh, John Suggs also says UNC almost missed the bubble. Also, Carl says UNC was garbage when Williams showed up. Yeah, that was kind of their dark uh, path in their history after the '80s. And then uh, John Suggs says uh, Shire recruited them, though. Yeah, but the lust of Coach K is still going to be there at least for now. We'll see, maybe two years, three years once he establishes the program, or if he gets that kind of chance. I think he's still will, but he's going to need a better year than the way they've played this year. They'll make the you tournament, know, but they're going to be probably a, a 7 or 8 seed at the way they're playing You know, right now. Speedy, you, you brushed off that Virginia comment real quick. I think because I, 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 the- because they're always the same thing. They're always the league's the conference's best defense, and they have like a 250th ranked offense. I don't trust that kind of team for the tournament. But they just won a national championship. I know. And, and they also lost to a 16 seed that I called. Yeah, that's fine. But how many other teams have won national championships? That's fine. I'm not, I'm not denying that. I'm just saying they're, the way they win is not always like sustainable for for other teams. No other no other just national because, cha- no other national champion has had like that low of a ranked of an offense <laughs> ever. Just just because you don't like the way they play doesn't mean it's not winning basketball. <laughs> yes, it's winning basketball for the regular season, and they won one national championship finally on a redemption tour year. I give them credit. They were clutch when they needed to be in those. Last three tournament games because their offense actually scored over 80 points. And that, that was what I was saying earlier to Carl about Purdue always choking the tournament. Purdue had a five-point lead with 15 seconds left and then just decided to throw that away. Oh, well, oh, you were talking to Carl about choking? Were you talking about Michigan? <laughs> no, we were talking about oh, Purdue because 
Purdue would have made the Final Four if they held a fifteen point lead, uh, five point lead with fifteen seconds to go against Virginia. They shanked a one and one, and then uh, I think Virginia made a three or something, or made free three free throws or something like that. Then they shanked another free throw, and then they couldn't rebound. Matt Harms, another big guy, couldn't rebound for the life of him. And Virginia I mean, tied the game, sent it overtime, and they won in overtime. And Carson Edwards had like fifty I mean, points in that game. They lost. I mean, did you did you see Indiana come back from like nine down with three minutes left to body bag Michigan? Michigan's His not even a basketball word. school anymore. Body bag. No, yeah, there's rumors about they should. Uh, a lot of people think they should fire Jawan Howard. Well, that's because they're Michigan. Like, see, here's the, here's that's the, crazy. Michigan, when they were talking Michigan, about him getting a, an NBA head coaching yeah, job in the offseason. not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. Now all of a sudden right. they want to fire him. <laughs> it doesn't make right, sense. Like, like Michigan people Michigan. are like the. Michigan people are the worst people on the planet because they talk about Michigan people talk about Michigan like Stephen A. Smith talks about New York like people should just show up there because we're the greatest. No, you're not. You stink. You're a smelly place. It's cold. It's oh, snowy. God. No one gives a shit, right? Like, and no one wants to go to Michigan. No one. That's why you keep begging John Harbaugh to come back even though he can't throw the football. Uh, Carl, you know what I'm saying? Like, Carl also says Jim uh, Harbaugh. He was uh, Roy Williams was replacing Dean Smith at North Carolina, so that uh, that proves your point. But uh, John says uh, Gene Smith. There was somebody else in between. There was a guy named Guthridge in between, and then uh, Roy Williams came in after that. Uh, Carl also says Juwan can't just can't coach at the end of the game. No, he's had problems at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. He has no doubt. Even in the tournament, he's had problems. Yeah. When they went to the Final I mean, Four, he, he had he problems. He just made a Final Yeah, but he, he's, he hasn't yeah. been there that long. He took him to a Final Four. Yeah. And before that, what were they doing? They haven't been relative since the Fabs. Well, they, no, they, made, they, made some, they made some more, they made some more uh, Elite Eight and Sweet 16. They were just short a couple times. in, But they've been consistently good in the tournament, but they haven't just gotten the big push over the top right, right. now. Right, but they've been consistently better with Juwan than before he got there. No, no, no I'm not. No, 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 no Nobody's saying he's a, like a terrible That's crazy. Coach, the tournament's right, right around the corner. Right, right but that's what, that's what happens when you're like, oh, we should get rid of him. Why? Because all of a sudden now you're getting better and you think you deserve more. <laughs> Typical mouth breathing Michigan people. They are just the worst, dude. The worst. Oh, it was bad before, and now it got better. So let's get rid of the guy. We we went from Jeff leaving to going into college basketball and talking about Michigan fans because Carl is on uh, the feed right now. Uh, And Carl also says, nope, Beeline was amazing. (laughs) I like Carl. I think Carl's a great dude. He knows his Carl. He knows awesome. his sports. He definitely knows his sports. One hundred percent, he does. Mm-hmm. But he's he's got these blinders on when it comes to seeing the the obvious loopholes in anything Michigan. <laughs> he's a Wolverine. That's uh, why. As a... don't don't worry. In fifteen games, Michigan's going to play. They won't have to throw the football, so it's not a problem, right? <laughs> our our our, uh, our Jets show that used to be at our network said it always the green and white Kool Aid. Is Carl drinking the uh, maize and blue Kool Aid? Hold, Hold on, the same green and white show that hasn't. Been on our network. I know, no, 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 I know that. But disappeared uh, off the thin air. CJ's term was the uh, the green and white Kool Aid, and uh, mm-hmm. for Je- for Jeff, for your logic for Carl, the maize and blue Kool Aid as Michigan fans I mean, left to nitpick on. I mean, a lot of it is though. Like, think about it. They haven't been this consistently good in a long time, and now Jawan Howard has fixed the program, and now Michigan people want to like get rid of him. That seems insane. No, I don't think they should get rid of him. Uh, but it, it's so funny that. Well, what do you think of what do you think moving on from them means? Well, Get rid of them. Well, they're idiots, and and that's a big problem when you have right. a Michigan people are idiots. You just said it yourself. No, so that, now you're on my side. But um, 
Carl hasn't said that. Carl hasn't come out and said, fire Jawan Howard. He just says he's bad at the end of the game. That doesn't mean that he wants to fire him. And Jawan Howard almost got an NBA coaching job in the offseason. And, and, and a lot of the Michigan fans did not want him to go to the NBA. They wanted him to stay there. Now, all of a sudden, they're, they're not really hot right now. And they're going to make the tournament. But the fact that they're not hot, they're not a top 10 team right now, Jawan Howard stinks. He doesn't know what he's doing. I, I've been saying this about the, the Duke Blue Devils and, uh, and, and Shire. Everybody don't want to hear it, but I'm a Duke fan. I can't stand Shire. And I knew he was going to ruin this team. Yes, obviously he's a new coach. But out of all the guys that you could have brought in to coach this team and the Duke Blue Devils, you bring in John Shire. It, it's not a Coach K thing. I, I Usually you would think Coach K is smart enough to bring in one of those Hurley brothers like we were, we argued about. Or maybe bring in a Carlos Boozer. But his two sons, these guys are – his two kids are two of the best young prospects coming out of high school. His One of his sons, some people say, is the next big thing going into the NBA. And you bring in Carlos Boozer, you bring his two sons uh, to the Duke Blue Devils. That made a, that would make a lot of sense. Or maybe bring in Carlos Boozer as an assistant coach and bring that in one of the Hurleys. None of those, none of those were candidates though, and, and Coach K mixed the other candidates. I understand. John Shire was Coach I, 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 I understand. And the only other candidate that was going to get the job was Tommy Amaker. I understand, but I think to me, Coach K, K should have sat down with uh, obviously the school. And, and the director, the sports director over there in Duke, and really, really nitpick this, you know, because, because this is one of the best basketball programs in the country. And the fact that he just, it, it is, it, it's still, I mean, look at the recruiting class. There are three guys that are legitimate top 15 picks in this year's draft. They've always recruited well and done well because they've always played well and they've always like had that kind of thing. That doesn't always last. I, I understand that. Get, Indiana used to get all the best people, and Bobby Knight left, and then what happened? They all went other Kentucky places. Kentucky, too. Anyway. Kentucky, too. Right. Since Calipari's been Calipari, there. Right, and it wasn't until Calipari got there that they got all we the were, We guys. were just talking about one of the North Carolina guys that right now are in the NBA on, on Chicago, and I'm looking at the Chicago Bulls right now. The Chicago Bulls should be a lot better as far as record is concerned when you look at the talent on their team. And we're going to get into the NBA in just a few moments. I mean – I mean, look at, the, are are you surprised? I mean, White was it was a top draft pick. Seventh pick. Yeah, yeah, he was a top ten draft pick, and I thought he was going to be a good point guard in this league. And and the Bulls have had problems besides Derrick Rose had problems over the years drafting point guards. They can't find point guards in the draft. This guy White on North Carolina he was a big part of North Carolina making the run that they did a couple of years ago. And and this guy is compl- a complete bust in Chicago right now. Mm-hmm. They had another they one have. too. Right before that, they had a kid from Michigan State, Valentine. I forget mm-hmm. his first name. That was very good yep. too. And he was one of the best college point guards at that time with Michigan State. I think they made the Final Four as a seven seed that year, and he busted out. Not in the even NBA that. They, they had another great point guard in Chris Dunn. I was. Just oh, that's right, Chris Dunn. Yeah, Providence. Yep. Yeah, that's right. The pride of the pride of Providence. Yep. New Haven, New Haven, Connecticut. Yep. Mm-hmm. Grew up on Sally's Pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot about Chris Dunn. Yeah, he was fantastic. So he was, and a lot of people thought Providence. he was going to be good. And yeah. and I used to, and I was I, arguing with Mikey Chris C. Dunn go to school? I don't remember. Providence. Yeah, I know. I said Providence. That's right. He was a friar. Yes, but I, I actually argued with Mikey C because Mikey C thought Dunn was going to be a pretty good player, and I, I there was just something about him that I just didn't think he was going to be uh, yeah, a legitimate player. player. 
But no, I'm talking about. No, he's a great college player. I'm talking about in the NBA. Yeah, I thought he was going to be a good NBA. So did Mikey say? But he was. But here's the thing: he was putting up good numbers and putting in good minutes when he played. But for whatever reason, coaches just didn't want to play him. But when he played, he was really good. Uh, Carl says, uh, "Beeline fixed the program, not uh, not Jawan Howard." Uh, John Suggles. He's still on Michigan. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, John Suggs also asked, "Do you think Calipari leaves for the Texas job?" No. Well, he's making nine million dollars each of the next two years. He's in not. So they're going to have to pay him more than he's that. He's not. I'm going to tell you why. You re- you're ready to hear this? He could have went to the NBA and made more money in the NBA. He decided to stay in Kentucky. He is not leaving Kentucky. He already said he's not leaving Kentucky, so he's not going to Texas. I don't care what Texas offers him. Kentucky will offer him more. So, and, and, and to I me, no, I think that I think the Kentucky fan base is wearing on him. I think it's a legit question. It's interesting, but if it does, you have go to, to the NBA. You have to give their, to the NBA. I forget his name. You have to give that interim coach the credit. They they have Texas like number six right now in the nation right now. <laughs> And Chris, I know, B- but when he took over that team, they were like number three in the country. So who cares? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but they were still kind of a fluctuating, like we were saying earlier. Like they didn't really hold that spot for longer than a week. They were no, mostly in. No, by the way, nobody has. No, I know that, but I'm still still. They were most. They've been mostly a middle of the t- middle tier uh, ranked team, like uh, 13 through 18 that you area. Could, but still, could, they are now in sole control of first place in the Big 12 right now. Do you know? Right. You know how close John Calipari was taking that Nick job. Do you know yeah. how close it was? Uh-huh. It was really close. And the Knicks, and I, I remember James Dolan was willing to give him like $13.5 million a year to come and coach the New York Knicks. And, and he didn't take it. He decided to stay. And he loves the Knicks organization. He grew up a Knicks fan. So uh, the fact that he didn't he take didn't that job. I'm just saying he didn't. No, he's actually really, really close with James Dolan. Him and James Dolan are very tight. Very Why is he tight. A fan of music? No, I'm just. I don't know, but I, was, I, I know James Dolan likes to, uh, he has a band and he likes to go on tour with his band, but uh, I do know that John Calipari was very close to signing and taking the Nick job before they decided to go with Tom Thibodeau. It was, there was a lot of stories coming out that they wanted to go with John Calipari. That's what I heard. By the way, huge marketing miss that his band isn't called the Dolan Stones. <laughs> You're such an idiot. <laughs> Speaking of basketball, I'll keep you on, Jeff. If you want to add your your crazy two cents into this, I don't care. Uh, Kevin Durant says that Kyrie Irving trade took away the Nets' identity, and I was upset we couldn't finish. They were never going to finish, guys. I I understand. And, and Jeff, before you you butt in, and Speedy, before you butt in on this, I'm going to sit here, and I've been to a couple of press conferences, live press conferences with the Brooklyn Nets. This organization, really, since the fact that they decide to fire their their young, talented coach in Atkinson, Atkinson should have been there. He he should, Kenny Atkins should have been there. He should have stayed there. I, I don't understand why the the Brooklyn Nets decided to fire him. I know why. Kyrie Irving didn't want him there, and Kyrie Irving didn't want obviously Spencer Dinwiddie there. That's why Spencer Dinwiddie was gone. Every single guy he didn't get along with over there in the organization. The only person he got along with was Kevin Durant. Even James Harden had a problem with him. James Harden had a problem with him. And he said, James Smart, really, if you, you want to make a joke about this, James Harden was the smartest one out of all three of those guys. When he realized that he needed to get out of there, he got out of there. 
And, and, and this has been a clown organization. It went from Billy King to Sean Marks. Everybody said that Sean Marks was smart. This guy is so intelligent. He's coming from the San Antonio Spurs. He knows how to draft. He found Karis LeVert, one of the, the nice draft picks that he had, one of the only ones he drafted at number 19. And Allen, he decided to trade all those pieces away, all those pieces away to bring in James Harden. Okay? And it didn't work. None of it worked. He, and, and, and everybody was making jokes at Billy King, how stupid he is. Why do you think Billy King doesn't have a job anymore? Why do you think Billy King has never had another job after he left the Nets? Because nobody's stupid enough to hire this guy. And then you bring in Sean Marks, and after this, after the James Harden debacle, and everybody says, look what he got for, for Kevin Durant. He got four first-round draft picks and two first-round draft pick swaps, okay? Those four first-round draft picks, I am going to tell you, are late first-round draft picks. You might as well have gotten two uh, – you might as well have gotten four first-round uh, – second-round second round draft picks. It made no sense. Yes, she, and, and I know what Jeff's going to say. Mikael Bridges is a good player. He's a fantastic player defensively. Is he Kevin he Durant? He's not Kevin, he's not Kevin Durant. Okay, and and I know you like Johnson too. Johnson's been riding the bench since he was a first round draft pick. Okay, he's a decent player. He's a good. He's a good sixth or seventh man off the bench. He's not a starter. Okay, and I'm telling you this right now. That team is a complete debacle. Ben Simmons. They're trying to figure out what they're going to do with Ben Simmons moving moving forward. I I've heard what Jock said at the press conference. I've even heard Sean Marks talk about Ben Simmons. We need to make him a number one guy. How are you going to make a guy a number one guy when he can't even shoot a free throw? Okay, he's had more air balls and three point shots in the NBA. Okay. It doesn't make sense. This team is a joke. It's a clown show. It's even more of a clown show because right now Kyrie Irving is winning, and it, and they're going to figure it out. Luka Doncic is going to figure it out in the playoffs that Kyrie Irving's a ball hog. I love Kyrie Irving. I think he's one of the most talented players in the NBA. The guy doesn't shut up. He ruins organizations. He ruins coaches. Watch. His favorite player growing up was Jason Kidd. Watch how fast Jason Kidd gets fired over there if the Mavericks decide to give him a super contract. It's not going to work over there. Luka Doncic, it, it, it came out, he came out, Jason Kidd came out and said, this is Luka's team. Do you think Kyrie Irving wants to hear that? Kyrie Irving doesn't like to hear anything. He was in Boston, and everybody, everybody was coming out and saying, is Kyrie Irving the best player? Obviously, Jason Tatum was better than him. Obviously, Jalen Brown was better than him. They decided to part ways with him. And he, he told the Boston Celtics before the season's end that he is going to re-sign with them. And then he parted ways and he went to the Brooklyn Nets. The, the guy is a joke. And now you look at Kevin Durant. And I love Kevin Durant. I think he's a fantastic, fantastic player. Here's the problem with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant has never won a championship by himself, where it was his team. He was OKC. Yes, Russell Westbrook was there. Yes, James Harden was there. But it was his team. He was the guy. He was the number one guy. He was the first guy there. He goes to Golden State. He Yes, he was a two-time MVP over there, um, a, a playoff MVP, and he won two championships. It wasn't his team. It was Steph Curry's team. It, he, he wasn't looked at as the guy. Now he goes to Brooklyn. He wanted to go over there with Kyrie Irving. He wasn't the guy there either. Even if they won with Kyrie Irving, he was never looked at as the guy. He was the best player. He was the best player at Golden State. He wasn't the guy. And now he's going to a team, fantastic talent over there. 
uh, Aiton, he's a great center. I, I, I think the, the depth over there is fantastic. The, Booker, Devin Booker is one of the most underrated players, one of the most underrated shooters in the NBA. And then Chris Paul, and now him. This is the best team in the NBA as far as talent is concerned. If they win a championship there, or they win two championships there, it's not going to be looked at as Kevin Durant's team. Guess whose team it is? It's Chris Paul's team. And and that's the facts here. The guy will always be looked at. He can win two or three more titles over there with, with Phoenix. And he might win two. He might win one. It doesn't really matter because when, when push comes to shove, at the end of his career, they're going to say he was a fantastic player, but he wasn't the guy on those championship teams. That, that's the facts. That's this, the facts. This whole, narrative is, this whole narrative is just getting old, though. It's just so old. Like, I'm so actually tired of hearing how talented Kyrie Irving is. No one gives a shit how much talent you have. If you burn everything around you to the ground, no one gives a shit that you can dribble better or shoot better or whatever. You're a piece of shit, and no one likes you. And that's why your team stink. This whole thing, oh, Kyrie's the most talented point guard I've ever seen. Yeah, he sucks. He's the Terrell Owen of basketball where he just burns everything to the ground around him and then blames it on other people. And you were mentioning Kyrie's favorite teammate. Kyrie's favorite teammate was Ben Simmons because Kyrie loves nothing more than guys that don't shoot. That's why he didn't want Spencer Dinwiddie on the team. That's why he pushed Spencer Dinwiddie out. He did. Because Spencer Dinwiddie figured, uh, figured out that he could play and he could shoot a little too. And Kyrie was like, oh, well, that sucks. I can't get 50 points tonight because Spencer's going to get you want to hear? You want to hear right. the excuse? You want to hear the excuse with that? When Spencer did, here's what all the Brooklyn Nets fans that I know that told me why Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, they decided to part ways with Spencer Dinwiddie, had nothing to do with Kyrie Irving, which we all know it did. He, oh, he tore his ACL. He, he missed a season, and then they realized that he, he wasn't going to be the same player. Meanwhile, he goes to Dallas. He becomes a starter over there after Jalen Brunson goes to the Knicks and, and becomes a star over there and puts up the same numbers as Jalen Brunson did over there in Dallas. And everybody said, all the Net fans are coming out and saying, it wasn't Kyrie Irving. It was the Nets. It was the organization. It was Sean Marks. Sean Marks has not been smart. He has not been smart, but for anybody to think that Kyrie Irving wants Spencer Dinwiddie there, he didn't. He didn't like Spencer Dinwiddie. And now all of a sudden, he was traded for Spencer Dinwiddie, and Spencer Dinwiddie is back with the, the Nets. And he's putting up pretty decent numbers, even with the, the terrible talent they have over there. And it's not good talent, but it's, okay? But this is exactly why it's not going to work in Dallas either. Because Kyrie Irving wants to be the only one on a team that shoots. It's why it didn't work with Harden and Durant, because only Kyrie wanted to shoot. It's why it didn't work with LeBron, and they got into a fight because Kyrie wanted to shoot and didn't want LeBron to shoot. Like, it's Kyrie is all about Kyrie. And when he figures out Luka Doncic starts taking some shots, he'll burn Dallas to the ground, too. We've seen it everywhere he's been. So I'm tired of hearing about talent. He's a dick. <laughs> John Suggs says, uh, and now KD is back with CP3. Imagine if those two and Harden stayed together in Houston. Yes. Uh, without taking records into consideration, top four in the East, who do you think is better? He thinks the Bucks look better than the Celtics. Embiid's been balling with the Sixers, but something, something tells me that Cavs might surprise either one of those the top Bucks three The Bucks are teams. the best team in the Eastern Conference. Blasphemy. They're the best team in the Eastern Conference. I'm telling Blasphemy. you right now. I like the Celtics. I do. I like what they have. I like their depth. I like With everything. With the reigning defensive player of the year, who's the, no good, wasn't he? I, I, I'm telling you, in a seven-game series, I'm taking the Bucs. They're healthy. Is that, is that why the Celtics beat him last year? Well, uh, yeah, they didn't have Milton. Middleton. Yeah. Middleton. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, great. Awesome. 
Celtics didn't have Robert Williams. Who? Robert Williams. Who? Who? Robert. Who? Robert. <laughs> I, I, I just... I just think the Bucks are a better team. But now, 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 obviously the Greek freak got hurt today. You hurt his thumb, um, or they're, they're saying it's his wrist. He has a sprained wrist, but he's going to the All Star game. He's probably not going to play. But how bad is it? They say they're saying it's a sprain, but who knows? Who knows how bad it is? So, I I, I know the playoffs are twenty games. By the way, and I said this to you, Speedy, before the show said, uh, before the show started, I have been complaining about how could you have an All Star game twenty games left of the season. So you're having an all-star game and then 20 games after this, it, 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 you know, and then you had the, you had the trade deadline before the all-star game. It doesn't make any sense. Usually you have the all-star game, then the traded deadline. And then the, you know, the 20 games, 25 games left going into the second half, you have 20 games left. So uh, I just, right now the Eastern conference is probably better than the Western conference. And it's going to be more, it's going to be more fun to watch. But again, I, I think it's really a three-team race that's going to win out of the Eastern Conference. I, I mean, it's not even an argument. If you put the Knicks in this conversation, no, no, not at all, mind. not at all. No, I think I'm excited that the Knicks even make the playoffs this year. I'm, I'm happy. Jalen Bronson has been a, a slam dunk for them. Julius Randle's having a good season. Just give so, me your three teams. No one cares about the Knicks. Well, we we, we said it. The Bucks, right? The Celtics. And who's the other team, Speedy? 76ers. Mm-mm. The Cavs. Mm-hmm. All right. I think those are the three best teams. So the Cavs have the number I think they have the number one either points of defense or percentage shooting percentage defense. I think in the they're right and, now, and, so and the Cavs have good depth. Yeah. They have good depth and they have good offensive depth. And they they have pretty good size too, the Cavs. Oh yeah, they have great size. Yeah, so, size. And I think that will be huge when they're playing a half court game in the playoffs. And that's what they do. They cut they cut off the full court and it becomes a half court game. And I expect the Cavs to be dangerous if Donovan Mitchell is 100% and Garland State. Garland hasn't been 100% all year with that thumb injury. He hasn't been. He's on my fantasy team. He hasn't been. He's had a good season. I think he's still, as much as Donovan Mitchell has had a really good season, Garland, Darius Garland is the best player on that team. He is the best player on that team. And he is going to play a big part if they're going to make a run for the NBA Finals. But I still think it's the Bucks. And the Celtics. I expect those teams to those two teams to go to the the Eastern Conference Finals and, and duel it out. But maybe the Cavs, uh, the seventy six. I don't trust Doc Rivers. I, I don't trust James Harden. So <laughs> I don't trust Doc Rivers. I, I think Doc Rivers is one of the most overrated head coaches in the NBA. I've always said it. He didn't even run when they when when they won that title with the Celtics. It was Tom Thibodeau running that defense. It was Tom Thibodeau. Okay, and that's a fact. Okay, and yes, you had Garnett and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen, and they were a good all-around defensive team. But who was really running that team? Okay, that's the facts. So I'm not going to sit here and say it was Doc Rivers. I like Doc as as a player. He's a, he's a former Nick. Uh, I mean, he had a pretty good career uh, as an NBA player, but he's nothing to sneeze about as a head coach. Okay, he he never was. Very overrated. Uh, John agrees with you. He says All-Star game should have been in January. Yep. Uh, yes, thank you, John. Uh, Cavs are the best defense in terms of uh, shooting percentage. Yes, that's what it was. Uh, Snuck says Jason Tatum isn't as good as KD, but All-Pro first team. Uh, yeah, but again, <laughs> but KD's hurt right now. Of course, he's not going to be All-Pro first team. So, Okay. I'm still... And by the way, how much better are the Celtics going to be now that they actually have a head coach? Yeah. He, he finally got signed, too, I think, right? 
Yeah, Joe Mazzola was named the head coach today. Yeah, they, they finally... played this entire season without a head coach. That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> interim coach finally got the finally got the uh, contract he deserved. Well deserved. Yeah. Well deserved. And he was he was looked at in the off season for a couple of teams that were interviewing him, and he almost got I, I forget what one of the teams he was interviewed by one of the teams, and they said he was a fi- finalist for the job. Uh, yeah. Sacramento. I mean, I that's think. just how, yeah. 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 Well, that's just how it goes. The Celtics yeah. have better coaches on their bench than the rest of the league has. I know you're a Celtics fan, so of course you're going to say that. But it's not that I'm just a Celtics fan. I spit facts. When I told you Marcus Smart was the best defender in the league, and you laughed at me and said not even. All right, Jeff, with this Marcus Smart crap, could you stop it? Did that happen? Yes, I know it happened. Thank you for noting. That that was that was last year. (laughs) That was last year. That was not last year. Is he? Is he? Is he the defensive player of the year this year? Yes or no? No, he's been out. He's been hurt. No, okay. he's been out. He's been All hurt. Right. He's missed a bunch of time. Okay. But he's still a fantastic player. I didn't say there wasn't. Now this, they're much deeper now this year with uh, All right. uh, Mar- uh, Brogdon being there, right? Brogdon's been a great yeah, do you wanna, uh, do you, do you make? Do you want to make a bet? Do you want to make another bet? I'll have a bet. Another bet. I'll make another bet with you. With Let, the dog crap bet on the line, we're gonna do another. No, no, no. Bet. no that's that's a separate bet. I know that. Vassell, you go do you want Do you want to make another bet? Oh, and by the way, we we're not calling that the dog crap bet. It's the fun bet. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay, let's make another bet. You have the Celtics going to the finals this year, right? Sure do. Okay, I've got sure no. Do. I've Boston got. Strong. I've got Milwaukee going to the finals this year in the Eastern Conference. What do you want to bet on this? What do you, you have? have to eat? You have to eat fudge shit. <laughs> no, I'm not eating fudge shit. I'm not doing that. Why? <laughs> if, the bet, if the bet's good enough for me, it should be good enough for you. Hold on one second. No. If the I bet's good enough for I me, it should be good enough for I you. I didn't agree to that. You did. I didn't say that. You're the one who brought it up. If you're willing to I'm not eating someone else, you should shit. be willing to take that. fudge shit. I'm not eating that. I'm sorry. I'm not agreeing to that. What do, what, what, what do you want to bet? Let's, let's do a real fun bet. A, a really interesting bet. How about this? I got a good one. If the Celtics make it to the Eastern, I mean, they go to the the NBA Finals. I take you to a Celtics Finals game. Me and you. So I have to spend three hours with you. That's more of a punishment. No, that's not a punishment. I'm going to take you to a Celtics Finals. I, I game. actually want a reward, not a punishment. Hearing more of your witty takes about how NHL players skate at 70 miles an hour isn't exactly. Oh, uh, you shut up, Jeff! Hours. Shut up, Jeff! Because you need a foot in your ass, okay? <laughs> You, why, all you, why, 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 am I the one that said that too, or did you? You, you let us. You say a lot of stupid things too, buddy. I don't know. I got. I, I, yeah. I oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, 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 you, you, you like to babble your crap. You know, it, there's more crap that comes out of your mouth than it comes out of your ass. Okay. And then maybe not, you should. Maybe you should days, eat your own crap. Maybe you should eat your own crap. How's that? Because you I, actually I, believe I, your own crap, so you might I as well eat it. It's been a rough couple of days for me and my stomach. Well, there you go. Do you, all right. So I, I feel bad for you, man. You know, a little tea and honey will, uh, you know, do the trick. Settle oh, your stomach. You know, settle your stomach. Stop drinking. How's that sound? Oh, I wish I could. <laughs> John says, uh, who you got in the West? I'm not buying the Suns. I say upset with Kings or I'm going with Denver. That'd be very surprising if it was the Kings, being how inexperienced they are. I like the Grizzlies, though, too, even though they're in a slump because they have good depth, but I still like the Suns the most. I, I think you have to like them. Like, look, regular season basketball is cute and all, and that's fine, but it's a whole different brand of basketball mm. when you make the playoffs, and it becomes more isolation ball. Yes. But people start hunting defenders. Yep. 
and getting matchups. And it becomes and a three-point contest. That's what it becomes. Right, right. And, yeah. But when you start talking about matchups, who's going to be a better hunting team than Phoenix? They're going to have Kevin Durant that can yeah. do that like yeah. little – 10-foot baseline jumper shot better than anyone I think I've ever seen. My two, my two top teams in the Western Conference that I think could go to the finals, and I have two of them, Denver and Phoenix. I think Denver, with Murray coming back, Porter's playing well, they're healthy, they have good depth, they're very well coached, I, and they have Jokic, who I believe will be the MVP of the league. Um, they're good, and, and they're going to be hard to beat. Half-court game, they could shoot the three. Jokic could shoot. Murray could shoot. Porter could shoot. That whole starting lineup, and they, they're really they're, – they're 10 deep on that team. So um, I think Denver is very, very dangerous. And they, their, home, their home court, they're 27-4. and four. Look at, Listen to that number. 27-4. They have the best home record in the NBA. Best home record. So – uh, they're dangerous. I got, I, got Celtic, I got Celtic Suns as my final. And in the final, we will see the rematch of first team all NBA versus second all team NBA. <laughs> You're so stupid. The Nuggets have seven scores over 11 points a game this year. It's unbelievable. And and they're they're having a really good season. I told you, Speed, I told you, they're they're a lot better than they showed last year. And, and it was all on Joe Kitch's, you know, back when they made the playoffs. It's not going to be that. Murray is 100% healthy. He hasn't played for two years. He, we saw before he tore his, you know, his knee up. This guy was one of the best point guards in the league, and what he did in the playoffs that year was fantastic. Yeah, I had them winning it all, when, or or going to the finals when they were in the bubble. They're they went to really, the Western Conference Finals. They're yeah. really, really good, and I, I'm telling you right now, if there's anybody that could beat Phoenix and that. That team with the depth that Phoenix has coming off the bench with the talent that they have starting, it's Denver. And uh, they have nobody. I, I repeat, they have nobody that can stop Jokic. Nobody. So um, it's going to be interesting. And by the way, as good as Chris Paul is defensively, look who he has to guard, Murray. Murray is, what, two, three inches bigger than Chris Paul? I, it's, it's, just, it's definitely – Which isn't hard. I, Murray's pretty good, dude. He's yeah, pretty but good. He had two or three inches taller than Chris Paul isn't hard. Yeah, but Chris Paul's older. He's 30, what, 38 years old? Yeah. 30. No, he's not the same defensive player. He I was. mean, he's Murray, still good, but Murray's he's... 27 years old, 26 years old, or something like that. <laughs> I mean, Chris Paul's 38 with the knees of a 72 year old. Yeah. I, I, that's why I think the advantage goes to Denver. It, it's going to be hard to defend. Uh, Kevin Durant, but guess what? You put Joe Kidge on Kevin Durant. That's what you do. Not, He's a not good defender. Be very hard to defend Kevin Durant. If you want to see someone do it, all you got to do is watch the first round of the playoffs last year. Jason Tatum, body bagged him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John, to answer your other question, uh, the Cavs actually did buy out Kevin Love today as well. So there is no member of that championship team left on their roster. Where does Kevin Love go? Mm, did they actually question. do it? it yeah, no, they actually did. They actually it. did do it. No, they actually did do it earlier. Because I remember seeing it all morning and seeing that they. Were no, they did it in the afternoon officially today. I saw. I saw a tweet. There are no members of the 2016 Cavs championship team on their roster. Before anymore. we go, LeBron James and his camp reportedly frustrated on Anthony Davis' lack of availability. Um, LeBron has expressed frustration with Davis not playing much of the last two seasons, especially since he was play he play he has played very often and very hard at 37 and 38 years old. Reports on Colin Cowherd's show said that LeBron and his camp have been frustrated uh, by how many minutes he has played. Uh, they can't depend on Anthony Davis. They are also mad that uh, Darvin Ham is not keeping the pressure on Anthony Davis. 
Um, so, and, and, and to me, right now, I, I don't know why they brought in Darvin Ham as the head coach, okay? We, we understand it, it didn't make any sense. And I know, I understand the way LeBron James is. He's a superstar. Anthony Davis at one point was a superstar. I don't know if he is anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the guy can't stay healthy. But you bring in a rookie coach who's never coached in the NBA. It doesn't make sense. I, I've said this over and over and over again. I And I don't know if Rick Carlisle would have been interested in coming uh, to the L.A. Lakers. When he became available, when Rick Carlisle became available, why didn't the Lakers interview, interview him? Why didn't they? And to me... It's a huge question. Rick Carlisle is a championship coach. He, is he doing well with Indiana right now? He's not. Something happened in Dallas. Uh, a lot of people said he walked away because he had a problem. I, I don't think it was with Luka Doncic. I think he had a problem with Mark Cuban. And, and there was also the fallout with Porzingis, too, which didn't help. Either. Yeah, but I think it I was mean, Mark Cuban. Okay. But, I mean, none, none, of this, none of this is even relevant. You guys missed the whole point. Think about how laughable this whole thing is. Mm-hmm. LeBron James is complaining that Anthony Davis isn't playing that many minutes. Are you fucking kidding me? The guy that just missed basketball games so he could take a vacation with his family and go to the Super Bowl? The, it's a whole lead-by-example thing. The, whole, the term load management hold, hold wasn't, on. wasn't hold. even a thing until LeBron James started voluntarily taking games on. Dude's a pussy, and he shows poor leadership, and that's what he gets from the rest of his team. Well, what I, what bothers me? Leader, no, nothing. Not, nothing. I, I don't question LeBron James taking a couple of games off. As a matter of fact, he played. In, do you think it's a good? Do you think it's a good look? No. To complain about no. Michael Jordan never. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Jeff. Jeff. Michael Jordan never did it, and he knows that uh, all the fans are coming to see him. I understand what you're saying, but also LeBron James has played in a, in a lot of games for this team. He's one of the main reasons why this team might be a playoff team. It's not saying much with this team. Anthony Davis hasn't stayed healthy, and and for the amount of players that they traded for him, and and look at what Brandon Ingram's doing right now. Look what he's doing. Look at the guys that they traded away to land Anthony Davis. Yes, they won a championship. They won it in a COVID year, in a short season, in a bubble. Okay, and everybody is taking away taking away why they won that championship at that year in that year because uh, that that same year Golden State. Uh, you know, with the injuries that they had, they didn't even, they barely made the playoffs and nobody even spoke about that. And then a year later, Golden State wins the championship. And now what are we talking about Golden State? Golden State uh, had the uh, top five pick in Wiseman. They trade him off. He becomes a bust. And and you look at this team as a whole, you look at the NBA and the Western Conference right now, it's completely all these stars, all these big names that everybody wants to go and see. That's all you're seeing. The team stinks. The Golden State Warriors stink. They're not going anywhere this year the Lakers stink they're not going anywhere this year we we mentioned where we see some of these teams are Kevin Durant's still on the top of the league he's still as dominant and as 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 dominant as a player could be at his age coming back from the Achilles and everything like that Kevin Durant has really shown his worth to an organization and now he's going to a Phoenix Sun team that needed that that boost that talent so Again, Memphis, you, you were talking about this too, Jeff, the other day. Memphis with John Morant and the talent that they had and the way they've drafted. This team is, uh, is one of the teams that you look forward to. Sacramento. Who would have thought that Sacramento would be the third seed in the Western Conference? Look how bad the Western Conference is. Sacramento, one of the worst teams in the NBA for the last 
10 years, is now a third seed in the Western Conference. And by the way, the Golden State Warriors, that everybody kisses their ass, they're 29 and 29. And I don't want to hear that Steph Curry hasn't been 100% healthy this year. He's never 100% healthy. But everybody loves this guy. He loves to throw his mouthpiece at people. And he loves to dance around and do his stupid shimmy. When it comes down to it, when push comes to shove, and with the talent that they have, there is no excuses for this team this year. Period. Uh, none of that. None, none of that has anything to do with the with the with the subject that's in hand. You went on a whole tangent about what? every other team. What about LeBron the James? Line is LeBron's a bitch. I don't. I that's disagree. Line, I disagree. You he's talented. You can't. You can't. Great. He's talented. That team is a reflection of him. He's taking games off to go to the Super Bowl, but yet he's complaining other people aren't playing minutes. Dude, how about you start putting in some of the minutes? How about you lead by example? All he is is steroided out Kyrie Irving without the flat earth. Oh, he is much more talented than Kyrie Irving. And by the way, I'm not a big fan of what he does off the court and and what he says off the court. But the guy is a talent. He's a physical specimen. Great. I'm not going to say he's talented. Great. He's talented. But this just goes back to what we were talking about with Kyrie. Mm -hmm. Lead by example. And you taking time off to go to the Super Bowl, but yet you're going to complain other people aren't playing. Dude, you're fully healthy and you're at the Super Bowl. During basketball season, grow up. By the way, a uh, new listener, uh, shout out to Freddie Henderson. Freddie's been on our feed before. Oh, he has. Uh, yeah, yes, okay. yes. Sorry. So uh, before I was here, listener, I guess. Uh, don't believe anything Collins say, LMAO. Uh, Ham is better than Rick Carlisle at this point. That's why. There's a reason Dallas let him go. LeBron isn't mad at AT. Calm down. Don't believe Colin. He is a legend at starting stuff. Reference to LeBron, LOL. The AD trade was a success. They won a chip. Uh, if there was any, if their team was one, nobody would have said anything. Uh, yeah, uh, John also says, "Oh, Freddie, haven't seen you in a while since the other days." I guess uh, they're old time friends. I guess something like that. Uh, Snug says, "How about them Kings?" Yes, they finally can deserve some credit. Yes, the Kings, I have a lot of three. respect. I have yeah, a that... lot of respect for LeBron James. I know you don't, Jeff, and I know a lot of people can't it's stand not that him. I don't respect him. I, I I do respect him, but I just think this complaint is ridiculous. You can't complain about other people not playing minutes. When you're skipping games to go to the Super Bowl, you're not hurt. You're healthy. Well, again, Anthony Davis has played only half the games this year, in uh, 36 games in a 72-game season. In the last, I'm sorry, he's played 36 games in in a 72-game season for the last two years. I mean, right, but, th- that's not but, good. And and when you're a championship competitive team and where you're expected to be on top of the Western Conference and you're getting paid the money that you're getting paid, Anthony Davis is making $40 million. $40 million. He's only played 36 games in, in, right, but in because he's been 72 games hurt. in two years. Because he's been legitimately hurt, and that that can the be guy's concerned. always hurt. He was hurt. Right, he was hurt. Right, and that can be that can be a fair complaint. But that's also a valid reason to not be getting minutes. That you're legitimately hurt. You know what's not a valid reason to not get minutes? Going to the Super Bowl. Here, but LeBron has played in 45 games this year out of the 59 game the way, season. I, and by the way, I heard that comment. Oh, LeBron want to chip the 80 thing. It was a COVID bubble chip. And also, and also, Jeff, 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 how old is Anthony Davis? I don't know. How old is he? I don't know. Is he 30? He's about 30 years. How old is LeBron James? 38. He's 38. LeBron James has played in more than half the games this year. He's played in more games than Anthony Davis. Anthony oh, Davis than, is thirty. Yes, and LeBron. Oh, and how that's many? True. That's unbelievable. I can't. I can't imagine showing up to work half of the time. 
That must be incredible showing up to work half the time. And you still got to go to the Super Bowl? Wow. I wish his employers could fire him that he takes time off of work to just go to the Super Bowl. Mm. Uh, Freddie says, my guy is a brawn hater, LOL, sounding like Skip, LOL. It's not like he I'm wants not, to get hurt, you guys. I'm Jeff, not a, I'm Jeff. I'm not a hater. Dude is skipping work to do something that's not work when he's fully healthy. I didn't, I didn't know NBA players got sick days. Is that what he did? Did he call out, get a sick day? Uh, John Suggs also says, love signs with LeBron to reunite, LOL. Yeah, that would be funny. Probably not going to happen, but it would be funny. Uh, would you rather have Kawhi or AD? John also asks as well. Probably with the type of... Uh, a Kawhi. I, I would say Kawhi with his Kawhi. body type right now is probably going to last longer. Kawhi's coming back from a, a big knee injury. It took him a little while this year to figure things out and, and get the tempo of the game back because he's been out for almost two years. But Kawhi Leonard is playing at the top of his game again. And it... it, it in a playoff game, Kawhi has been a winning player. He took the Toronto Toronto Raptors to championship and won a championship with the Toronto Raptors. Okay, he did it. He was the big man. It was a great team. What? I'm sorry. It was a great team. They were a good team. They weren't great. They were. They were a good team. They were a good team. They weren't great. They were like they were a good s- team. Five, six seeds before he. And came. honestly, nobody in their wildest dreams thought they were they were going to win an NBA title. By the way, a lot of people in the comments. A lot of people in the comments. Oh, Kawhi. Oh. Jokic, oh, LeBron, oh, AD. Put some respect on Jason Tatum, the best basketball player in the NBA. And by the way, uh, Freddie says uh, during the Super Bowl, LeBron didn't have a game. They, The Lakers did not have a game. Yeah, you're right. It was the next day, and he still missed it. Okay. And, and LeBron James is 38 years old. He's going to take his time out. He still played 45 games this year already. But you still don't get to complain about other people not playing. But Anthony Davis is making $40 million. Let me ask you a question. Where is Andrew? Dude, if from- you're legitimately hurt, if you're legitimately hurt, you're not supposed to be playing those minutes. Jeff. Oh, this is this is the RG three. Oh, 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 your your knees completely blown. Go out there anyways and completely fuck it up. I guess right. Jeff, you look at LeBron James's numbers right now as an NBA player, 38 years old. Have you ever seen a player 38 years old have the numbers that he has right now? Michael Honestly. Jordan. Michael missed, Jordan missed, the, Michael missed Jordan, a bunch of seasons. Michael Jordan, a bunch of seasons in his prime would have been, is way better than way better. Oh, than I, I agree with you. Michael Jordan is the greatest basket. He's the greatest athlete to ever play in a professional sport. I'm not comparing Michael Jordan or LeBron well, James. You just together. asked if you ever no. seen numbers like that. And I said, yes, Michael Jordan. Uh, okay. Besides Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, have you ever seen anybody have numbers like that at the age of 38? Kareem. Kareem never had 30 points a game at the age of 30. And not seven assists. Never. Or eight never. Rebounds. Never. Go look at his numbers. Never. Maybe eight rebounds. Russell, greatest, one of the greatest players ever, Bill Russell. Bill Go. Russell, 11 rings. Okay. Rings. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. You told me that, you know, you're going off topic. Well, you're going you, off oh, topic. You wanted numbers. I gave you a number. 11. Bill Russell at the rings. age of 38 was an old man. He was, you know, hanging on a limb at the age of 38 as a basketball with, player. You, and you know what he was hanging from that limb with? What? 11 rings. Oh, good. Good. And LeBron James has won three titles, okay? Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, his age 38 season, had 23.4 uh, points, 6.4 rebounds, 3.5 assists. Yeah, not even close. Not even close. And There's by a- the way, you know, you know what LeBron leads the league in? Crying. Oh, I got fouled going to the Yeah, you traveled first, dummy. If you look at LeBron James's numbers, there's only three years that he had better numbers at the age of, at his younger ages than the age of 38. I mean, come on, man. This guy's unbelievable. And by the way, he's shooting, he is he's shooting percentage. His shooting percentage is better than it was last year. 
<laughs> he's putting up great numbers. There's no doubt about that. But his team still stinks. Why is that? I understand. Maybe Anthony Davis can't stay healthy. Maybe Anthony Davis can't stay in the lineup. Maybe Anthony Davis isn't as good as everybody thought he was. Or maybe this is LeBron being a victim of the very thing that he started first, right? With these uh, super teams. I'm going to create a super team. You might. I, I would agree. Show, that I would agree with you. That I would agree with you. He's got to show up and now he's hurt, right? He's legitimately hurt. And now the whole thing falls apart. And now LeBron gets to cry because my super team isn't working. Uh, Freddie also said, not not MJ, not even Bill Russell, LOL. Yeah, Michael Jordan actually only had 22.9 points per game. Now, granted, he was out of the league for three years, but still, he didn't even have it either. He also said this. Don't not, compare. I'm, nobody's comparing. No, no, I'm talking Freddie. Freddie, do not. Freddie, Freddie, do not. I repeat, do not put LeBron James in the same conversation as Michael here, Jordan. Because I can show you, Freddie, I can send you something right now that percentages and numbers, if you put them if you put them anywhere close together, LeBron James's numbers are nowhere close to Michael Jordan's. Nowhere but, but, close. But the career but the this is where the career numbers thing is just laughable, right? Because they'd be like, oh LeBron's got one. Yeah, uh LeBron's got those career numbers because he was allowed to go to the NBA. Right out of high school, which wasn't even a thing for Michael Jordan. Oh my God! Right, Freddie well, says, which wasn't even a thing. So he would have three more years there. Then his father gets killed, and he was out of the. End. So he would have had six more NBA seasons. Can you imagine six more prime MJ years? Yeah, I, I agree like? with you. I I would agree. And, and Freddie's saying Bron Bron is better than MJ. No, if you think LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan, first of all, Michael Jordan has never gone to a Game Seven in a final. Never gone to a game seven and the talent that Michael Jordan played in the 90s and the 80s much better talent than what LeBron James has faced in Michael, the, Michael in the 2000 won, and now okay Michael Jordan won championships with stiffs like Luke Longley and LeBron can't get he, get the eyebrow to play like, like, is this even a comparison? No. Guys getting forty million, kidding, get that dude to play. Where he's dragging this fat oh. kangaroo around from Australia and winning NBA championships, and somehow Michael Jordan isn't the greatest. Kick rocks. MJ needed an all-time team and an all-time coach. The reason why they were an all-time team was because of MJ. Just so you, so you know, Mister Henderson. That, that's why they were an all-time team, because of Michael Jordan. All-team defensive player, all-team offensive player, MVPs. I mean, the guy was a dominant force. And f- to compare LeBron, I, I, Freddie, how old are you? Honestly, how old are you? Because Michael Jordan was such a great leader. He got Dennis. I like you, Freddie, but for you <laughs> yes. to say that LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan is outrageous. It's crazy. Scotty Pippen. Okay, Scotty was a great defensive player. Really, uh, ahead of his ahead of the game at, at the power forward slash small forward position as, as a defensive player. The guy was a good offensive player, not a great offensive player. And by the way, as good as they as good as they were with obviously uh, Scotty Pippen and uh, um, Rodman and all the players that they had. Michael Jordan was the guy that stirred it up. He was the guy. You look at when the Cavaliers won a championship, as good as LeBron James was, and he made the block, and he did all those stuff. Kyrie Irving hit the big shots. He hit the big shots, and we lost lost, uh, the great uh, Jeff. Uh, Bro, the Bulls was beating a Lowry Bird that had a bad back. Oh, oh. hold on one second. First of all, first of all, if you think, by the way, 
Larry Bird and Magic Johnson have come out and said, even at the top of their games, they weren't even close to the player Michael Jordan was. If you think that Larry Bird, if he didn't have a bad back on that Celtic team, they were going to beat the the Bulls of the 90s, you're out of your mind, okay? They weren't good enough, even with Robert Parrish, even with the talent that they had over there, the McHales, at their prime of their careers, Michael Jordan, when everything was put together in the 90s, when everything, when they brought in, when, when, John, John, when pa- Paxton was there and Longley was there and Scottie Pippen was figuring things out and then obviously Phil Jackson and, and B.J. Armstrong and all those guys, those guys, if they were on any other team, they wouldn't have been the play. Just like when I say about Derek Jeter, Derek Jeter wouldn't have been Derek Jeter if he didn't play with the Yankees. He would have been a great player. Is he a Hall of Famer? Is he compared to some of the greats? Never. Never. Michael Jordan made everybody around him better. Uh, when you think of the great players that LeBron James played with, is Kyrie Irving going to be a Hall of Famer because of LeBron James? No. Okay. Is Kevin Love going to be a Hall of Famer because of LeBron James? No. Is Chris Bosh going to be a Hall of Famer because of LeBron James? No. Dwayne Wade? No. Okay. No. No. They were talented anyways. They were great in there where they were. Kyrie Irving won't be a Hall of Famer because of his mouth. Scottie Pippen, okay, when Michael Jordan retired for two years, he had one great year, the, the next year. Could they get on it? Could Scottie Pippen take the Bulls to the finals? Could he? Did he? No. He took them to the Easter Conference finals. They couldn't get to the finals, okay? They couldn't. And then, obviously, the year after, they didn't. I, I, I look at, I look at, I said Bosch. When I when I sit here today and you're and you're trying to compare LeBron James to Michael Jordan, it's not even a comparison. Will Michael Jordan will LeBron James have all the the numbers by the time he retires? Because the game has become an offensive game. When LeBron when Michael Jordan played, you, you there was hand checks. You could put your hands on a player. I mean, if Michael Jordan would go up for a layup, Shaquille O'Neal would throw him to the ground, body slam him. Body slam him. If LeBron James played in the 90s, he Michael LeBron James would have been great, but he wouldn't be the player that he is today. He wouldn't. Either would even with Steph Curry. And I've said that to many different people. Many different people. John also says Horace Grant as well. Yeah. Horace Grant. When he left the Bulls, was he any good when he went to Orlando? And he and by the way, he played with Penny Hardaway. He also played with Shaquille O'Neal. We sit here today, and you, you try to compare LeBron James to Michael Jordan. Why? Because he's going to have all the numbers in NBA history. That is, there is no comparison. None. There is none. And, I, and the fact that LeBron James thinks that he's better than Michael Jordan is a joke by itself. It's a joke. Speedy was never even alive to see Michael Jordan play. And he knows, he knows damn well. He knows damn well. Michael Jordan and LeBron James shouldn't even be in the same conversation. And, and again, I'm not taking away from anything because I think LeBron James is the second greatest player to ever play in the NBA. Second. But to even put him in the same boat as Michael Jordan is a joke. What is he saying? What, sucks, uh, sucks what did saying? Rodman do? What did Rodman do? What did Rodman do a lot on and off the court, believe me. I mean, Rodman was one, he was the best rebounder in the NBA. Yeah, of course. He always was. And Rodman was a great defender. You would put Rodman on any any three, four, or five. He could defend them. Oh yeah, intimidator too. Yeah, he, he would provoke people. He was great. He was great. Yeah. 
But uh, Rodman oh, did... Oh, he said after MJ. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Right. Nothing. None of these guys did anything after Michael Jordan. Nobody. And if Michael Jordan didn't hurt himself on the Washington Bullets... The Washington Bullets were, were one of the hotter teams before he hurt himself. Hurt himself. He would have taken them in the playoffs, and who knows what with the craziness that Michael Jordan has been in the playoffs and the 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 dominant force that he is. Maybe he takes the Bullets to the Eastern Conference Finals, or maybe the NBA Finals. The way he was playing that year. Okay, uh, I think it's Bron, official. Hold on, Bron, <laughs> yeah. Kobe, Kareem, Magic, Shaq, and M- Get out yeah, of so here. So he's a Lakers fan. Get now we know. Kobe, that solidifies it. Kobe is not anywhere close to the player Michael Jordan was. As a matter of fact, he's a copycat. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, great player. Not Michael My Jordan. My number three. I like Kareem a lot. Magic yeah, but, Johnson, yeah. great point guard. Great point guard. And probably the best point guard to ever play. He is not Michael Jordan. And, and by the way, MJ, if, if you heard Magic Johnson ever speak about MJ, Magic Johnson came out and said he was never ever in any part of his career as good as Michael Jordan was at the top of his career. That's a joke. And Shaquille O'Neal, I love Shaquille O'Neal. Really, he's better than Kobe. Kobe's not even in my top 10. Kobe's in my top 20. I've said this. Oh, 16. <laughs> he you said see- Kobe took an MJ game and made it better. Yeah, okay. Uh, Kobe. <laughs> you are really a Lakers fan, Freddie. <laughs> to think that Kobe Bryant is, and, and the fact that, and Kobe and MJ were very, very close, but even Kobe would laugh at that if anybody tried to compare him to Michael Jordan because Kobe knew Michael Jordan's the greatest player of all time. It, it's a joke. It's a joke. I like Kobe, but he's 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 probably right near the end of my top ten, but he's nowhere closer to Michael Magic Jordan. Magic is a nice guy. And what is he saying, Randy? Uh, Don't okay, you? I'm not you dare you hate on the mama. He's in my top ten, but he's, he's not, not he's not he's not in my top not, ten. I know he's not in yours, but he's not close to Michael Jordan. Like he's probably in the I lower already, end of my top ten. I have 10. already got it. I, I've taken I would take Shaq over him. I would take Tim Duncan over him. Yes. I, I would take know. Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. I could go on and on and on and on and on that I take over there there are I like Hakeem Olajuwon, there are fifteen too. players that I would take fifteen players I would take over. Kobe Bryant. No, I wouldn't put him in my top 10. I wouldn't. Yeah, you laugh. <laughs> Shaq over Kobe? Who was the who was the MVP of the three consecutive uh championships that Shaq and Kobe won? Who won the three MVPs in the playoffs? Shaquille, Shaquille O'Neal. Who was the best player on those teams when they won those three championships in a row? Who was who won a championship after he left the Lakers and went to Miami? Yes, he had Dwayne Wade. Who won that championship? Shaquille O'Neal. Kobe won when they brought in uh, Gasol. They brought all these players, these good players on the Metal World Peace and all those other guys. <laughs> okay? Kobe, when, Co- when Shaq left, did Kobe make the playoffs? Did Kobe make the playoffs? Did Kobe get out of the first round without Shaquille O'Neal? Hmm? As good as Shaquille O'Neal was. As good as Kobe Bryant was. And I'm not taking shots at the Mamba. He was a fantastic player. He was he was one of those players that you love to watch. Yes, I would take Tim Duncan. Tim Absolutely. Duncan's in my top five. And John also says Julius Irving, too, as well. Yes, fantastic as well. Yeah, Tim Duncan's in my top five. I would put him there. <laughs> I, would take, I would take Bill... Um, Bill, Bill Russell, Russell. Bill Russell. in okay. my top ten, he, one of the greatest defensive players of all time, won five championships, like Jeff said. Will Chamberlain, I take over him. Oh, yeah. You're talking about records. He's I mean, that's ten guys right there. That's ten guys right there I take over him. 
I mean, there are so many other players. Oscar Robertson, I take over him. John also said Isaiah Thomas as well. I, I, borderline. I, I I still take Kobe over Isaiah. Yeah, I, a little I mean, more well-rounded. I, I would take yeah. Kobe over. Isaiah's like in my top 20. I would say Isaiah's 17, 18. But there are a lot of players that you forget. Freddie, you weren't alive for. I wasn't alive for. That you forget how great they were at their positions. I'm noting that uh, Freddie's only putting Lakers in his top five. It seems like you're a Laker fan, Freddie. <laughs> uh, oh, because he was against Plumbers? Okay, give me a break. Bill Russell was a fantastic player. He was. And there were a lot of great players that you weren't alive to see to to say that they weren't in the top 10, top 15. Kobe Bryant was great. The only reason why I look at Kobe Bryant as in a top 10 player, and I don't care what anybody argues, he is the he's the lower version of Michael Jordan. The play when you look at top ten players, you look at the guys that define their positions. They define the game of basketball. They change the game of basketball. Now everybody says Steph Curry changed the game of basketball. He ruined the game of basketball. That's the way I look at it. Three point shot ruined the game of basketball. Kevin Durant, Kevin Garnett was not a top ten. He wasn't a top ten player. He's he's there. He's a top twenty player, but he's not a top ten player. He's not. He's not. Hakeem Olajuwon is right there. I would say he's 11, yeah. 10. He's right there. He's high, top 10 for me. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great, great players that people forget because there's so, there's so many. I'm not saying Kobe Bryant wasn't great. He was fantastic. He really was. But to, to when you look at Kobe Bryant in his game, compared to Michael Jordan, he was a better version of Michael Jordan. Are you crazy, Freddie? Freddie, he's not. It's a joke that you, I, Freddie. You're a good guy. I'm not saying that. I'm not taking shots at you as a person. <laughs> you're clearly showing you're a biased Lakers fan. <laughs> it, it's crazy that you think that he is better than Michael Jordan. It, it's a joke. And no, he is not a top ten player. No, he's not. I just named a bunch of them that I would take. And yes, I take Shaquille O'Neal over him. He was the Diesel. He was the most dominant player. For six years in the NBA, nobody could stop that guy. The guy couldn't hit a free throw. Guy couldn't shoot a three-point shot. He, what, how many three-point shots has he had? Probably more than Ben Simmons has in his oh, career. That, that's all say much. Okay. And he was the best player on that Laker team when they won those three titles in a row. It's not even an argument. I, could he have won without Kobe? No. But Kobe definitely couldn't win without Shaquille O'Neal. And he proved that he couldn't win without Shaquille O'Neal when he left. They needed to add Paul Powell Gasol. They tried to bring in Chris Paul, if you remember. The NBA completely yeah, washed that out. I feel bad for Chris Paul because of that. Uh, Freddie says without Kobe, Shaq would never win. You're probably right. Probably, but that doesn't mean it would have worked the other way around either. I think Shaq would take him to the finals. I don't think they would have won, but Shaq could have taken him to the finals. Nobody could stop him. Yes, he won two times. He won when they added good players around him. He couldn't take that team to the finals. Kobe couldn't do it himself. He couldn't. I will give you credit. LeBron James did take that Cavaliers team to the finals. They didn't win. They got swept by San Antonio. But that's crazy. You think that Kobe Bryant's in the same realm as Michael Jordan? That's a crazy. How does he not I like a, Fred? How, I does like he, Fred. how does he not even have Michael Jordan in the top five? It's just ridiculous. Uh, he's, he hates the Bulls and he hates Michael Clearly, Jordan. Clearly, he's a biased Lakers fan. That's all we've been learning. I, about I like Freddie. Obviously, he has his own opinion. And if he wants to put, there's a lot of people that put Kobe Bryant in the top ten, top five. No, nobody is arguing their their points. I, I mean, I, I I would 
there's a lot of people I've seen Kobe and Michael Jordan both in the top five. I've never That's seen anyone with Michael Jordan completely out of the top five. I've seen a lot of people have Kobe Bryant out of the top ten. I've seen Co- people had Kobe Bryant in the top twenty. Not just me. Not just me. No, I'm sure you're not the only one. I'm just saying I've never seen anyone with Michael Jordan out of the top five like that. That's crazy. And I don't know Kobe Bryant. I never met him. I heard he's a nice. He was a nice guy. May he rest in peace. Really. But there are so many great players at their positions that redefine the positions that they played. And that's what you look at when you're looking at the greatest of all time. John Stockton is definitely in my top 15 because he changed the point guard position. He changed what point guards do when it's stealing and passing and how he dominated. Did he ever win? No. But it came from Gonzaga, his size, his ability to play the game the way he did. Now everybody's going to say, why would you take John Stockton over Kobe Bryant? Because he redefined his position. That's why I would take him over. Is he better than Kobe? No. I don't think John Stockton is better than Kobe Bryant. He's not. But when you're trying to compare the greatest of all time, the guys... Uh, that's what I look at. I look at what these guys did for the league and how they changed at their changed their positions. Uh, John Suggs also says Dirk probably not better than Kobe, but you're right. A great underdog run that. Steph Curry team ruined the game. Steph Curry with the three point line ruined the game. Look how boring the game is. Everybody, everybody's shooting thirty five to thirty eight three pointers a game because the percentages make sense on why you know if you shoot thirty eight and you you hit. 21 or 22 three-pointers, even if a team is hitting layups and jamming, and you're, there's a good chance you're winning that game. There's a very good chance you're winning that game because the percentages show that you do. Yeah, uh, yeah, John, answer your question about Dirk. I don't have him ahead of Kobe because he had deficiencies in his game, but that four-seed Mavericks team Honestly, that did win a Steph championship. Honestly, better than MJ. Get, all right, Freddie, uh, we got to go. Uh, all right. <laughs> we went an extra half an hour. John, John says Harlem Curry is better than MJ? What are, uh, Freddie, you're losing it, man. You're losing me here. I don't know. Maybe, you're he's, losing sm- maybe, me here. maybe he's smuggled some of uh, Kenny's wax and started overdosing on it. You are losing me here. <laughs> oh Steph my Curry God. is better than MJ. If MJ ever heard that, he would throw up, okay? Throw up. Anyways. And by the way, Steph Curry, before he even became the player that he became, it took him five years to become it because the guy couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, it took him three years probably to become a good player, and then it took him five years to be an elite player. Yeah, so that sounds right. please. And uh, John, to answer your question about Dirk. I don't have him ahead of Kobe, but I do. But that finals run, the four CD, MJ was didn't insane. change the game. Okay, okay, Freddie. I think you need to go and look at the past. Okay, Freddie, how old are you? Freddie, honestly, how old are you? I'm guessing he's a 32 year old Laker fan. I, I have to. <laughs> is my I, guess. I, I, I have to predict that he is not. He's more closer to 30 than he is closer to 40. Okay? That's my guess. I'm going to guess here. I'm going to I'm going to take a shot on this. All right? Because if you think that Steph Curry, you want to argue Kobe Bryant's close to Michael, that's a good argument. To say to say that Steph Curry is in in the same conversation as Michael Jordan is a joke. It's an absolute joke. Anyways, 
Uh, thank you to JT Byrne for cha- joining us. He was fantastic. Thank you to all the fans. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. We have one show next week. I'll be in Toronto all week. Listen to the show. It's four. It's going to be four hours on Monday, guys. Starting at seven o'clock. Who do we have, Speedy? So uh, the only one definitive. Lavar Arrington had to move to the following week. He said he wanted to do uh, Wednesday instead. So as of right now, we got at ten o'clock. Uh, Chris Gronkowski, brother of uh, Ron Gronkowski, but you played in the NFL. Rob Gronkowski, brother of Rob Gronkowski. I said that. You said Ron. Oh, I did? Okay, sorry. Uh, whatever. Chris Gronkowski, yes, uh, played for the Patriots and the Steelers as a fullback and tight end. He's at 10. He's the only one known right now, but we'll see if we have another one, too. I've been reaching out to a bunch of different people that uh, supposed to be, were supposed to be on in previous weeks. We'll see if they come on. Uh, mm-hmm. LeVar Angelini will be on the following week on Wednesday, March 1st at 7.30 at, on that show. But, yes, Monday, Chris Gronkowski, Monday will be a four-hour show. We usually do a three-hour show because we're only doing one show next week. It will be four hours. You guys can call the show. Any of the fans, all the fans, thank you for listening to the show. We really appreciate all the support, all the love. You guys are fantastic. You're all, uh, you know, not only fans for, for us, but to our network and what we do here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And guys like Freddie, you know, I, I, listen, you have your own opinion. You can argue your points. That's great. Uh, but John Suggs, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you for all the fans that tune in to us and argue your points. That's what we try to do. We try to give you guys uh, entertainment and an argumental. You're sitting home and you want to argue sports. Or you want to interact with us in sports. You can call the show whenever you want. You can interact on our feeds. We really appreciate all you fans out there. Continue uh, following us and continue supporting what we're doing as we move forward in the network. We'll be back next Monday. Listen to the Weekend Crunch, which airs on 103.9 every Single Saturday. What are we? Are we seven o'clock? This is a weird week. So the Islander game is at five. So it'll be on probably. Or I guess our show will be on around eight eight thirty, something like that. All right. So our show will be on at eight eight thirty live on one hundred three point nine FM. If you don't live here on Long Island, go to Li News Radio or you go to iHeart Radio. Look up Li News Radio. And uh, you can follow us. And you you can listen to our show if you don't live here on Long Island. Thanks to all the support. We'll talk to you next week. Good night. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.